0: Hi, I'm Jamie and I'm Scott and welcome to the God or not podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number 22 and coming up, Scott and I will be talking about the 30 day devotional challenge and morality again,
1: again, again, so
0: (laughs) grab your popcorn, sit back and enjoy the show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the
2: God or Not podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go.
0: And now, let's get ready to dialogue. All right, Scott, are you ready to get your face kicked in with the bible for 30 days <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's my that's my daily that's my daily plan wake 30 up 30 okay, I'm, I'm ready to get smacked in the face with the bible we okay. are doing this a, is america after all a
0: 30-day <laughs> devotional challenge
1: yep yep bring it on
0: all right let's do it
1: all right oh the humanity
0: Well, let's jump into uh, this idea, this concept that um, I can't kind of—I I didn't come up with it. I didn't originate this. I had heard this from from somewhere else. I don't know who from someone else somewhere else. Uh, but the idea was—I I, kind of threw out on Facebook. It was kind of a blanket uh, a blanket statement to all atheists that it's important that you pursue the truth. In an intellectual way, which is what you and I have been doing for several years, we've been taking the intellectual arguments and breaking them down, and and so we've been we've been pursuing the academic kind of aspect of God or not.
1: But well, we've been trying. We're trying, right? Right. We, it's an attempt. We're, we're making the old college try the attempt, and then but then I also got to
0: thinking uh, about this thing that I'd heard kind of before about that. That religion or this idea of God isn't just an academic one, but it's also a relational one, at least as a theist, as a Christian, I believe that God is a person and that he created his creatures so that he could have some some kind of relationship with them. And so that the God or not question isn't just an academic one, but it's also... Uh, a relational one or an emotional one. Now, I've always... Well, one
1: could argue that those aren't really separate, but we'll save that for another day. True.
0: <laughs> right, right. That, that's true. Now, but but we've always separated them, I think, because I've never wanted to use my experience per se or someone else's experience, uh, like internal experience as some kind of evidence, although an argument can be made from personal experience. But I've tried to stay more with the um um you know with the the arguments that are a little more rigorous, the ones that have to do with um things we could quantify and uh we could test or or we could look at that's that's slightly more objective than uh-huh. some some internal subjective experience. But I got to thinking that you know what it, it might be a good um it might be a, a sort what of I'm looking for uh, a challenge, a good challenge to okay. throw out there to to, to the non God believers that listen. You may have sought after this in an intellectual way, but have you ever put yourself in a position to receive from God? And that was kind of my challenge on Facebook. Like, hey, listen, ha, ha, has anybody here who considers himself an atheist uh-huh. ha, have you? has anyone taken the time to, to do the things that you would expect to do if you were going to have an encounter with God? Um, as, as far as from a Christian or a theistic perspective, you know, we believe that God has given us certain uh, evidences in nature. We call that natural theology, those arguments from from teleology and And uh, beginning of the cosmos and that kind of thing. But um, also that God has given us revealed evidence through the word of God, namely the Holy Bible, and through like this personal, internal revelation of himself to those who seek after him by way of the Holy Spirit. So my challenge was, hey, why don't you take some time? Mm hmm. And put yourself at least in a position to hear from God. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then that's when when you chimed in. So why don't you tell me just your quick thoughts on what you thought of the challenge and why you accepted it?
1: Um. Well, I mean, it's it's. I'm always looking for. Um. New ways to well, to, you know, for me and, and one of the main reasons that I like doing or I liked doing our podcast, I suppose it's kind of it's uh, it's. Uh, well, it's been a while since we since we've had an episode. Has, yes. <laughs> um, but but one of the reasons that I wanted to do that in the first place is is I think it's important to uh, have communication. Right. I, I like to think of, um, you know, I have certain things that I do where I'm talking to people that agree with me. And I think that's important. That's good. to me. I see that kind of as a safe place, kind of a place mm-hmm. of healing, where we support each other and that kind of thing. But I think there's. It's always. It's also important to engage with people that think differently than you, and and maybe even think opposite of of what you think. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I see that as. An, those are where the opportunities of growth are, right? Where you can learn about uh, other people's experiences, um, learn about uh, other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. how, how they view the world and how they approach things and so on. And so, um, you know, so I like, um, I like doing that. I like doing that. Some people think, uh, you know, I'm sure you're to some extent, you, you know, you're in the kind of in the same boat where you, you like doing that as well. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure yourself just like me, uh, has, has been told that, uh, you're wasting your time wasting or your why, time. What, why yeah. even bother, why even bother, right? Yeah. A uh, glutton for punishment—that yeah. phrase comes up a lot too. Um, but I, I, you know, to me, it's—I think it's really valuable. And who knows? Maybe I am. Maybe I am kind of, uh, you know, masochistic or or sadistic or or um, maybe I am a glutton for punishment to some extent. Uh, but that's okay. You know, I—it's—it's it's, I enjoy learning about perspectives and other and other people's uh, point of view. And so I, I saw. Okay, I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. You know, if I want to, if I want to um you know consider myself a, a a seeker of truth which i which i do um i need to uh, be open to things that are maybe different than than what i expected or what i'm you know different than how i view things going into it and so i thought what the heck you know let's let's go ahead and do this um you know i i trust you to do it right i don't know i i get if that's the right phrase or or at mm-hmm. least uh um you know present way present things in a way that I could understand for one thing, Mm -hmm. you you and I have developed a relationship over the years. And so I, I kind of know where you're coming from. And so it, um, I guess there's a certain amount of trust involved when you're, when you're committing to Mm -hmm. to doing something like that. And so I, I felt it was a, a good opportunity to, to see what happened.
0: Now, what did you think about the validity of that challenge? Do you think that, that, that my thoughts on that are true in that if there is a God, at least a God in the way that Christians see him, that there would be some credence or some, some, some validity to this kind of personal experience or personal revelation?
1: Um, you mean as far as... Uh, having this type of activity be kind of like a, a, a view to what might be true or a reality or.
0: Well, if, um, I guess if there, if my, if my point of view is correct and there is a God, do you see this challenge as something that would be okay? Yeah. If Jamie's view on God is correct, then I see this as a valid a valid form of trying to understand who God is or connect with God or understand God. Um, I mean, I'm assuming you didn't think it was, obviously you did it. So you didn't think it was a waste of time, Mm -hmm. but but did you think of it from, from my perspective as being kind of a valid point that if there is a God and he's Mm -hmm. a personal God and he's kind of the one that the Christians envision, then this kind of, Experiment or challenge or this kind of internal experience would um, would be a, a valid kind of form of of not just belief but um, of evidence for the person.
1: Well, no, no. Obviously, I don't. I don't think that uh, this type of I, you know. I don't. I didn't expect that anything that would happen. I mean, if if anything did happen. I don't want to give any spoilers here. Um, If anything did happen, I I don't think that that would necessarily be evidence of a God. Now it's, it's tough for me to say for sure um, until I have the experience. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly aware as, as you are as well, that, uh, you know, people can have experiences that do not lead to truth. And Mm -hmm. so, and so we always have to be wary uh, of that kind of thing. But I also didn't want to be overly wary or unfairly wary. I, I, I don't think that I that I don't think that I am unfairly skeptical, but uh, I want I wanted to be open to the possibility that I was being unfairly skeptical, skeptical. And so um, for me, it wasn't uh, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to settle it once and for all or, or anything like that. Or this is going to give me uh, a new line of argument that I, that I didn't have before. I, you know, mm-hmm. for me going into it, my thoughts were, um, I want to try to, uh, experience it from the point of view of the believer and, and I'm not a believer and, Oh, I guess that's a big spoiler. <laughs> spoiler, <right there. laughs> spoiler alert. I'm still an atheist. Right, right. Um, but, um, you know, I wasn't, um, uh, I'm not a believer, but I wanted to, uh, try to view things from the perspective of the believer at least as much as I could. So I could understand uh, a couple of things. So I could understand why they, well, to be frank, why they seem to set aside reason, okay? And and I know that you don't think that you do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I wanted, I wanted to view that from, you know, I wanted to experience that and see if that, if, if I could if I could do that myself, if I could feel that myself, right. um, at the very least, I wanted to be able to experience some of the feelings, some of the um, uh, some of the perspective of somebody that's not me, somebody that's different than me, somebody that has right. a different uh, approach to things than I do.
0: Yeah, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it almost seems like you could sum up your thoughts with you want to you want to leave no stone unturned. When in pursuit of truth. And so if if this is something that that some, you know, one of your close friends says, hey, th- this is important to my worldview and this is an important aspect. And I think you need to put yourself in this position in order to see things clearly
2: mm-hmm. that
0: that you were going to in an effort to leave no stone unturned. Seeking after truth
1: to do in a that. sense. In a sense, yeah. I, I don't know if I would go so far as to say leave no stone unturned. I mean, there there are certainly, you know, I'm not saying that anything that anybody suggests I try, I'm going to try it, kind of a thing.
0: Correct. That's why I I, I like um yeah. That's why I caveated it with you, a good friend told you, you know, right, that right. this is and so it was. It yeah, and that's like it goes along those same lines of you, you don't have to investigate every single worldview in order. To exclude some, you know, I mean, if you can exclude certain whole groups of worldviews based upon logic or reason, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to uh, uh, investigate every single claim that right. by the worldview because, you, you know, offhand, there, it can't be true um, in, in, in terms of the truthfulness, the worldview based upon, you know, some kind of logical fallacy worldview or whatever.
1: So I, I, I guess in the end, what I decided was that the time and effort commitment on my end was appropriate for, the potential experience that I could have going gotcha. through it, Fair so enough. it, Fair it, it enough. seemed it seemed worth the investment yes. for me. It was not a bit for me. It wasn't so much the time; it was the the daily commitment that was the that was the difficult thing right. for me.
0: And I will come back to that at the end. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Now my question is going to be: having probably at the end, having now done this, mm-hmm. do you still consider it? To have been a worthwhile experience. Don't answer that okay. now. But okay. let's go. So let let's talk a little bit about kind of the post. So so I would uh, let me read basically read what what I posted uh, every day. The synopsis of kind of what this experiment was. So okay. I named it posture, and the idea obviously is you're putting yourself in a position or in a posture. Uh, to receive truth. And I said, searching after truth is the most important thing anyone can do. And both Scott and I believe we have found the truth in our respective worldviews. As a Christian, I believe that God exists. And as an atheist, Scott does not. But what is true? Discovering what is true is unquestionably an intellectual endeavor. That's why over the course of our friendship, Scott and I have discussed the intellectual arguments surrounding the issue of God's existence and the nature of truth. However, I argue the pursuit of truth isn't just an intellectual endeavor, but rather just one facet involved. Another aspect is the will of a person or their heart. I challenge skeptics in general, to which Scott accepted, to incorporate this other aspect when investigating the truth. By this, I don't mean that we check our brains at the door, but rather we just allow our intellect to be influenced by our heart. Specifically, I challenge skeptics to place themselves in a position, a posture, an attitude that would facilitate this. As a Christian, I believe God can speak to people in many ways, but primarily does so through his word, the Bible, and personal or private communication, prayer meditation. Over the next 30 days, the challenge is for us to seek after God by placing oneself in a position to experience God by praying and reading the Bible on a daily basis. And then each day through the month of March, I posted a challenge that included a small amount of prayer and a daily Bible reading. Both Scott and I participated, and at the end of 30 days, we were going to sit down and do this podcast and kind of relive our experience. So that was the challenge. And, um, and Scott, of course, accepted the challenge. And so I thought I'd start out by Were you
1: surprised
0: that you accepted. Yeah. No, because you've always been a pain in my ass. And and I knew, I knew that like, if I, I don't know, I just, I I don't know if I thought to myself, Oh, I wonder if Scott's going to do this. I just knew that if you saw it, that you would be like, okay, let's do it. I just, <laughs> I knew you would. And so um, let's talk a little bit about like how I picked the Bible passages and the themes okay. for prayer. And then I want to find out kind of, um, you know, w- what your thoughts were obviously as, you know, as these things popped up. So the ge- my general idea was, was this as, I kind of sat down. What I what I was looking to do is there was absolutely nothing I picked based upon my knowledge of you uh-huh. or based upon where I thought you were at. So I mean there there may have been some of that like deep down subconsciously, but for the most part the idea was I wanted to pick Bible readings that covered a, a giant swath of the bible like i wanted to incorporate all kinds of particular bible readings i wanted old testament god of thunder and judgment you know i wanted uh some of the psalms and the poetry and and the prayers of anguish by king david i wanted um you know, the some of the synoptic, synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And and I wanted to um, put in their scriptures about, you know, the big important things uh, mm-hmm. in Christendom, you know, how we could know God, who God is, what his characters like, uh, who was Jesus, what did he do? and and my idea was I, I wanted to cover a wide spectrum. I, I didn't want to just to stick with verses that I thought you would like, or, I mean, there were a lot of verses in there that are probably very controversial that, that may, may look, you know, may, may, make God look kind of foolish or spiteful or vengeful. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do the best I could to represent the Bible. Uh, the best way possible. So if, if you did all of the readings that that then you could read the Bible from front to cover and go, yeah, I think that the verses he gave me kind of gave me a good idea of what I was going to experience reading the whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: so that was kind of the idea, picking the verses. And then when it came to to prayer, basically, I kind of picked a lot of times when I was praying about Sometimes it went with the Bible passages, and sometimes it didn't. I mean, there were certain Bible passages about softening one's heart uh, to receive from God, and then the 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 prayer was like there were
1: a lot of those. Yeah, then seemed like there were a lot of those. Then
0: the prayer was focused on, you know, um, um, you know, being open to hearing from God, and then there Mm -hmm. were other times where. Uh, there it was completely disconnected so you know may, may, maybe I did the first you know ch- chapter of Genesis or whatever about creation but then uh, the prayer was hey pray for your family and for your wife and for your kids uh-huh. uh, and 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 pray for yourself as a man that you would grow stronger and become um, a better person and, and things like that so sometimes the prayers were directly connected with the scriptures and And other times they weren't. But if you were to line up or look at all the scriptures, um, you would see that they cover basically the whole Bible from cover to finish. And they cover all kinds of topics. There there was probably 20 topics, different topics included within those um, 30 scriptures. So that was kind of my idea was I want, I didn't want to hit verses that were like obscure. Uh-huh. But then again, I I, I I didn't want to hit verses that were necessarily that I thought, oh, this would be a good verse. I wanted to make sure that I got verses that I thought would be beneficial to understanding the Bible as a whole and God's relationship with us as human beings. And then the, the prayers were kind of... Based upon what either what I was praying about or maybe what went with the uh, particular Bible passage that I picked mm-hmm. for that day. Okay. So, did um, what did you think about? Let's just start, start out with some of the Bible passages. Okay. Let's. uh w- Were there any Bible passages that you thought were crazy, completely off the wall, and you're not even sure why I gave them to you? Uh, did you think there were some that were were good that you thought, oh, I-, I enjoyed that? Did you find other ones like, gosh dang, dude, this is the worst. This has to be the worst reading I've ever done in my life. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what were your thoughts, kind of generally speaking, on those Bible passages?
1: Um. Well, it, it's 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 hard for me to remember all of all of them. Obviously, um, I would say that in general, you know, I was I was trying. One of my biggest difficulties, at least at first, was, and I I made a a note of this. I, I tried to keep a journal. I'm just not much of a journaler, and so I got like a few days into the journal, and then that kind of went <laughs> right, by the wayside.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Um, I tried to focus on. Um, well, maybe before I get into that, I, I can describe just the whole experience as, as a whole. Sure. I mean, it was, um, it was not something easy for me to do. I'm not used to doing that kind of thing on a daily basis. Um, there's not a lot that I do on a daily basis other than things like, you know, brush my teeth and shower and eat and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but uh, it was, it was a challenge for me to, to do that every day. You know, the, and many times there were, you know, I'd, I'd be sitting, Uh, in the evening and realize, oh, shoot, I forgot to forgot to do my stuff today. And so um, the and so then I so I tried to at the very least, I tried to at least do what was asked of me on, Mm -hmm. on each day, you know, read the read the verses, if I could, there were a couple times when I Forgot that I didn't read the verses, or or I remembered it at a time when it was not convenient for me to look up the verses. So right. there was at least at least a couple of days when I didn't read the Bible passages on the day they were assigned. Right, so right. there, so there's your out, right? There's your escape clause. <laughs> uh, I didn't uh, actually follow the directions <laughs> oh, as no, given.
0: That's all right. That's um, all right.
1: But I I can say, but praying was a lot easier because I didn't need. Uh, internet access to do mm-hmm. that. Right. I didn't need, um, you know, I didn't need to be in a plate, you know, if I was driving or something, I could still do that. Or, um, and so I did pray every day. Um, and on the days that I forgot to do the reading, um, then the next day I would, I would do two Double readings, up. but, but I would try to space them apart so that I could give some proper thought to each one. Right. And so rather than, you know, I wouldn't sit down in the morning and read yesterday's reading and today's reading. And, you know, I tried to spread them out cause I, I really did want to open myself up to, you know, to soak up whatever it was that I was supposed to be seeing and give my, and, uh, give myself a chance. So I, so once I, once I got in the groove, I I think it was a little bit easier. And this goes for, you know, any, any time you, you get in the habit of doing something, you know, once you get, once they say what, like three days or five days or something like that, you know, you do something for that many days and then you can kind of, uh, get into the habit, some momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, so that was easy, but, um, there was, let's see here, I did have some notes here. One of, the, one of the early things that I found was difficult was to not be critical about what I was reading. Right. And, and so, yeah. for example, um, on the second day, day number two, um, you asked me to uh, thank God for all the amazing things he has given you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, you know, anybody can do that. You know, we can do that. We can be thankful for, we can spot, you know, great things in our lives. But I find, I found it hard not being critical to be, to be thankful for these, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, a, a privileged person. I, I've much, much of the good things in my life are due to just happenstance, right? Just the way, just the way things turned out. And, and it was hard for me to, not be critical of, you know, say, hey, thanks God for making me healthy today when there's so many people in the world that are not healthy. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was hard for me to separate that, at least at first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was hard for me to be thankful for the things that um, just happened to fall into my lap and that, you know, happened to be good things in my life when, when obviously, you know, there are people that don't have those opportunities mm-hmm. and that don't. So that was, so that was one thing that, um, I found myself almost getting in arguments with myself at the beginning.
0: Right? <laughs> right, yeah, right.
1: Right. And I, and I, you know, and, and one half of my brain saying, no, no, no. Well, we wanna we don't wanna start off on that. You know, I did it's not that I wanted to block that out of my thinking. It's that I wanted to not have I didn't want that type of thinking to stop my my thought process. I didn't right. want that to be a roadblock to uh well, to accomplishing what I had set out to do. You know, I wanted to, I knew that in order to get a good experience out of this, I would have to, I don't know if suspend disbelief would be the right way of saying it, but something kind of along those lines. I would at least have to, well, to set aside critical thinking to some extent. And, and so, and, and whether, and I know, again, I know that you think that, uh, you know, critical thinking is part of, of your, of your faith. And um,
0: well, it could just be that you were setting us trying to set aside some of your presuppositions. Right. So, so well, sure. it, it might not be critical thinking because I could, you know, I could always say, well, listen, if if there is a God, he's perfectly loving and perfectly just. So in the end, if there is a thing called heaven and hell, then there's eternity. So this life is but a drop in the bucket. So I could live 80 years, a horrific life here on Earth, the worst life anybody could ever think of. But then God would still be just because it isn't necessarily, you know, he's not necessarily making everything right right now. I mean, we have all eternity. So I could spend eternity with God in heaven and get, receive my rewards there. So th- that's so why that's I was just the saying. Perspective,
1: like, that's the perspective I wanted to be open to. Right. So that that's okay. like, yeah,
0: no, that's perfect. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, no, and I do because I understand how hard it is to not like, I mean, because there are times where I've been angry before at, you know, someone or something based upon their argumentation. And and I have to and I have to remind myself, okay, separate this particular thing from the person or, um, you know, if I'm going to treat them fairly, then I have to remember this or that. And I know that that is hard to do, especially when it has to do with something you believe either to be true or false. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like a, you know, like I hurt my feelings or something like that. And you're talking about pretty much the foundational truths, things that you think would make people's lives better or worse or, you know, all kinds of things are at stake there. So I do appreciate how hard that had to have been.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's uh, that that means a lot coming from you. Um, But, yeah, it was there were especially at the beginning again, it was you know, I'd run into those kinds of things, you know i'd I'd find myself it, it's hard to explain. I would find myself being unsatisfied with the uh, with the approach that I was trying to to take and and i I wanted to be careful that, like you said i I didn't want to. Certainly there are circumstances where it's warranted to be unsatisfied with, with something or to be unsatisfied with a, with a condition. But I wanted to make sure that, like you said, that it wasn't assumptions that I had to Unwarranted in, right? or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right. no. I, I, I wanted yeah. to make sure that because I know, you know, I'm a human being. We all have biases. And so, you know, eliminating one's own biases is probably one of the most difficult things that a human being can do. Sure. Is is getting a um, having a fair, and for all people, right. for all people. Right. I'm not yeah. just saying. I'm not just pointing the finger at at theists or or you know no, Christians right. in particular, right. but for anybody to do. I think it's it's a challenge to um, set aside uh, your own biases and your own personal uh, foibles and and mm-hmm. and and uh, irrationalities. And so so that was that was kind of a, a mantra that I I. You know, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Give it right. a chance. Give right. it a chance. I kept saying, you know, give it a fair shake. And so, so that was um, that was something that I needed to to remind myself of frequently. And, and so, I'd, I'd frequently find myself uh, wanting to argue with God during right. my prayer time. No, during, right. yeah, uh, yeah, right. You know, and so, um, so I'd want to you know bring things up like that. I you know I, I think today, if God turned out to be real and was sitting in front of me. I'd have some questions for the guy, okay, sure. and and so um, I wanted to. Well, on, on occasion, I would indulge myself, and I would I would let myself go down that path a little bit. But I wanted to also make sure that I didn't either didn't always do that, or that I didn't always do that on any particular day. I, d- I didn't want I didn't want any any day to be only only approaching it critically. I, I wanted to have. I wanted to have some days where I could be just bathed in the spirit of the Lord and you know, the, have the Holy light come down on me Listen, and, come um, and get me, man, come and get me here. I am kind of a thing.
0: You know, what's, what's interesting is that kind of that attitude you're talking about. Um, I think that most Christians, if they're honest with themselves would say that they go through that as well with God. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, You know, I mean, particularly people, I think, end up doing that when something in their own life goes awry. You know, um, I know I've done this before. Like, you know, why? Why, God, did you allow me to suffer addiction? You know, why did you allow my wife and my family to suffer so Uh for my mistake? Like, and it was genuine, like, curiosity mixed with anger uh mixed with kind of despair. Uh-huh. And so to a certain extent, I think that everybody who, who tries to have a relationship with God obviously sees the defects in our current world within our, our own lives and others uh-huh. and has questions and and
1: concerns. Yeah. yeah. Like
0: I think that's pretty normal. But Um, And it's funny, as you talked about So what you're
1: saying is that I was having the authentic Christian experience to some extent.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it could have been. And you know, when you said that it's hard to explain the feeling, what's funny was when you were talking about it, I could feel that feeling because Mm. I've had it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Not not necessarily in relationship to God, but when I've done that to other things, to other people, to other, um, propositions or other ideas that I totally disagree with. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've had those same feelings. And so you said, it's hard to explain, but the funny thing was, is I kind of felt exactly kind of what you were feeling because I know I've done it. I've done Mm -hmm. it a lot. So that's interesting. Did you find anything, any surprises? Um, did you find yourself surprised by anything one way or another?
1: uh i i did and i i think I know what you're talking about and we'll get to that in a second here but there was okay. a before before i wanted to there was one other thing I, I i said that i found myself arguing with god but i also found myself arguing with christians as well when i was doing this and and for one example let's see what did I have here there was uh so my notes here was this was a pleasant passage on forgiveness and harmony this was on day number four it was a mm-hmm. a reading from romans twelve. And uh, so I said, this was a pleasant passage on forgiveness and harmony. It aggravates me that more Christians don't follow this directive. And so so it was so the idea seemed. And so right. maybe, I, maybe I was misreading uh, the passage, which is always, always always possible. By the way, I was expecting like a few verses here and there. And, and so what you ended up giving me is read this chapter.
0: Right. <laughs> <Just> to- <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, well, it's hard. Like I, I could have given you. The, the the you know here and there but my uh-huh. i've always harped on context uh-huh and so i didn't just want to throw out a verse i know the context of the right, verse right right i i know you know what's going on but i i wanted you to get more of a feel of
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, and, I get it. I, I, understood, you know, I understood. I understood right, that, right. you know, but it was it was kind of because up, up until this point, I, I had been um, my only experience with having any kind of daily devotional or anything like that was I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's a little booklet might be a Methodist thing called the upper room. Have You ever heard of that?
0: I have. There's other ones called like it, the daily bread and yeah, stuff like, stuff that. like yeah. that.
1: And you open it up and it's like a verse. Right. you know, may, you know, less than twenty words, right? right and so that's, right. so, and my grandparents used to get me those things, and yeah. um, so there would be a few verses in there that that might have a have a message and that kind of thing. But but then I thought, oh, right, read this entire. Here here's a <laughs> here's yeah, right. a book for you to read <laughs> for today. Right, right? right and right. so so yeah. that was kind of a surprise. But uh, but I did find my and and this was really the more annoying. Right, is arguing with God is one thing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I figured even if there were a God, I'd probably do that. Right, Um, But this was um, stuff from the Bible that Mm -hmm. I don't see in Christianity in the world today. And so so to me, that was that was also very, uh, very frustrating. For example, this was a uh, this was a verse from again from that Romans 12, verse 17 said, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. So I thought, well, is that supporting for relativism? Or, you know, there is nothing that's right in the eyes of, of everyone. And so, but but it, but then I stepped back from that and I thought, um, okay, was, is God saying that or whoever was writing the book, I suppose that was Paul, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, they,
0: most people think it was Paul.
1: Yeah. And so, um, so was he trying to say that uh, there, there is a right thing and it should be right for everyone kind of a thing or, you know, I, right. I, I was trying right. to, you know, keep myself open to different interpretations, but. But the fact of the matter is that the, the the passage, at least the way I read it, was that it was about forgiveness and harmony and togetherness and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And that's just something that I don't that I don't see, right. uh, at least. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying it's not a blanket statement; all Christians, right, no, are, but, are like but this. A good but majority, yeah. We see we see it enough, at least that uh, uh, that it's that it's an issue.
0: Yeah, we Christians believe that to live out the Bible. Uh, and the way it was intended, you would have to be God. You would have to be Jesus, which who we believe is God. You'd have to be God in the flesh. So the idea is that every day of our lives is a sacrifice, and a that's why we read the Bible and meditate and pray, because our idea is God. Help us help align our thoughts and our actions towards you and others with who you are as as God. And, and the mm-hmm. idea is trying to become more Christ like, more like Jesus. And I, somebody once said, um, and ob- obviously I know you're not doing this, but somebody once said if, if somebody sat down at the piano to play a beautiful Mozart piece, and they just hacked it up. They just slammed on the keyboard and just did all kinds of crazy stuff. That sounds
1: exactly like what I would do.
0: <laughs> well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't blame Mozart for that. Oh,
1: right, right. Yeah, you would say, "Hey, dude, you're
0: you're not playing the part right." And so, as as Christians, at least any honest Christian would say, at least I think would say that every Christian, including myself, fails f- miserably to live up to God's perfect holy standards towards mm. him and towards other people. And I, to be honest with you, I'm ashamed of that. I'm ashamed of that about other people, but more, I'm ashamed of that about myself. Like you, every day, you just got to
1: step it up, man. You got to step it up. <laughs> right. Every day I, I feel
0: ashamed, ashamed that I can't do that. I try. Um, and I think that God helps me to live much better Life morally than I would have on my own, hmm. um, but but ultimately it's a struggle every day. It's I mean you know because you do um,
1: jujitsu right, taekwondo,
0: taekwondo, taekwondo, and so and so you know that no matter how good you get at these moves and techniques, you know every day is going to be a struggle to to get better and to overcome. Mm-hmm. Sure yeah.
1: And, it's the journey not the destination, right? right? right. It's a, an unattainable I goal.
0: I hate, I hate that. But <laughs> that's that's where it is. But I can appreciate the fact that you would feel that way towards other Christians because that's an embarrassment, that's a blot on and even even in um even in the book of Revelation, uh the apostle John talks about different churches of the time and how they were giving Christianity a black eye. Uh-huh. By by their behavior. And um I think there was only one church of I think seven that didn't have some kind of condemnation. And and, and, and that church was like, hey, I guess you're doing okay. Right? And the, uh, the other churches he basically condemned for being immoral and, and doing the things they ought not to. Uh-huh. So but I can appreciate why you would think that because I think the same thing sometimes. Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, so so that was some of the some of the early struggles that I had, um, and then about halfway halfway through, I, and I, I I mentioned this to you that I, I had this epiphany, I had I had this realization, and um, you know I'm a math teacher, and so when things fall into place, right, when things mm-hmm. when things start clicking, it's like such a satisfactory you know right, satisfaction, right. right? It's like, yeah. and so um, and I will. Um, a little disclaimer here: Some of the things I'm about to say are just—I I, this is not. So, this is just one anecdote. You know, it's just my personal experience. Mm-hmm. I, I have not done any scientific research. I'm not citing any kind of research here. This is this is all my personal experience. But hey, mm-hmm. you're the one who opened that can right. of worms, that's, right? That's yes, but, I did. I you did. asked me yeah. for my personal experience, <laughs> and so this is all. This is my perspective. On, uh, on this was a fascinating, at least to me. I'm a huge nerd, right? And so it was fascinating to me to see things like this. Funk, you know, it's I got like I got a peek behind the curtain the of, van, of my man. own brain, mm-hmm. and and so um and it and it happened in two stages. Um, the first the first part of this happened about I don't know maybe about day ten or twelve or fifteen somewhere in the middle, and uh, I realized that. I, if I as I was doing my reading and my praying I could kind of I don't and it's hard to explain kind of blur my thinking you know I could kind of set aside you know normally if I if I see something or if I'm thinking of something I, I try to be somewhat, systematic in my thinking and, mm-hmm. and and I try to approach things and I ask questions and I
2: mm-hmm.
1: seek answers and and that kind of thing and I found that if i kind of and and, and I, I part of part of what helped me to realize this has been experience not necessarily with you but with some christians in in my life um i I found that if i kind of blurred my thinking, like I said, blurred my thinking and, and I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. It's hard for me to explain uh, what exactly was going on, but if I blurred my thinking, if I if I tried not to think so if I tried not to think so much, right mm-hmm. I tried to I tried to set aside, well, it's kind of like when you're watching a movie, right? there's yeah. a, a certain amount of investment in the immersion of the experience right sure, And right, there, right, there are right. things that can happen that can encourage that that immersion and there are things that can happen that can shock you out of, out of this. No, you're not really on an alien world. Things like that. Right. right, right? right. Yeah. But a really good movie can, can immerse you Mm -hmm. in the, in the experience. And so it was kind of like that. It was like, um, it was like if I could set aside the and nobody can see the hand gestures I'm making here except for you, Jamie. Right, right. <laughs> if I could set aside the incursions of things around me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, then it, it gave me a slightly different experience when I was when I was reading these passages or when I was thinking I could I could set aside that little voice that I said wanted to you know instantly start arguing with God about this <laughs> right, or instantly right, right, start yeah. arguing with it. You know, I could set I could set that aside. I could just. Kind of let the let the experience happen to me, um, but the the second uh, part of this realization, and here's the part uh, you know, it's not very flattering, and 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 you will probably disagree with it. But again, this is just my perspective and my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just a you know a skeptic atheist trying to understand. Okay, right. so that's what's happening here. It was like those magic eye pictures. That's what it was like. And you, you know what I'm talking about?
0: Where, where you see a rabbit or a duck? Right, or right. Talking? So there are
1: these pictures, you look at these images mm-hmm. and, you know, it looks like kind of chaotic. You know, there's colors all over the place and you, you can see that there's patterns in there, but, you know, it's can't really, that you can't really see. And, and but if you like, if you let your eyes go out of focus, mm-hmm. then you can sometimes see, and I was never really good at this. Um, you can sometimes see like a sailboat. You know, three right, right. a three D picture of a sailboat, or like right. you said, a rabbit, or whatever. Or stare and so. at
0: something for thirty seconds, and then look away, and you know, you'll see something right. on the right. wall, and right? So, Stuff like that.
1: Know, to me, that was just, I don't know. I, again, this is the nerd me talking. I just thought that was really cool, just to to. It's like, oh, uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying that that's what everybody does.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's certainly reasonable, I think, to think that maybe that's what some people do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it, it it was like that. Okay. And so, so when I say, you know, if I let my thinking go blurry, Mm -hmm. it was, and, and, and again, this is my interpretation here. When, when you, when you do that with one of those magic eye pictures, and if you let your, your eyes go blurry, what happens is that your, your mind has, well, our minds have evolved and they have all these shortcuts, They have these shortcuts, Mm -hmm. right? And optical illusions. That's what optical illusions are. They're shortcuts in in your your brain. Um, You know, your brain knows that, you know, out of a million times seeing a picture that looks this way, this is what it really is. But then that one millionth time, that you're a million and one time that you see it, it's a trick, right? To take mm-hmm. advantage of all of those habits that you had and, and to make something look like something it isn't. For example, you know, you've seen those pictures with the arrows. One of them has the arrowheads right. going one way. They're, they're the both other the one same has the arrowheads size, yeah. going the other way. And one of them looks longer than the other. Sure right? does. That's Because yep. a million times you see it, that's what ha- that's what it looks like. Is right. When one of the things is longer, that's how they look. But then the, they take advantage of those shortcuts. And, and so now it looks different. And uh, so, to me, that's what it was like. If I could blur, if I could let my thinking go out of focus, and my shortcuts in my brain could piece things together in a certain way to kind of get that feeling, get that uh, that feeling that I'm talking to somebody and they're listening to me, or that or that mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm reading this story and. Um, I can relate it to my life in a particular way or I can draw uh, a particular meaning out of it, you know, mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and so I don't know. I just thought that that was. And, but, and then, of course, I took it. I, I'm a classic overthinker. Right. And so then <laughs> right. I, I didn't stop there. I didn't stop there. I said, OK, well, what does that mean then? Let, let's assume for a second that that's what's happening when a, when a Christian is praying or when a Christian. Because mm-hmm. if you get used to that kind of thing, you'll do it all the time. Right. You know, there's some people, especially in the heyday in the 90s, when all those magic eye pictures were you can you know, walk down, you go down the mall, there's like a whole store full of those things. Right. And, um, you know, there's people that do that kind of thing a lot. And, um, you know, the more you do it, the easier it, it gets. Right. So some people can just walk up to one of those pictures and boom, they got. It. Oh, yeah, that's a. Uh, pool table and you can see the balls and, you know, and that kind of thing or, or whatever, you know, you get good at, it, you get used to it, you get comfortable with it. Yeah. Uh, another example of that would be um, they have these glasses that they, they've used them in some neurological experiments, They're glasses that make everything look like it's a couple feet to the left. Have right. mm-hmm. you ever heard of those kind of thing? There's like no, mirrors in the no. glasses. They do it to test the plasticity of the brain and how well your brain can adapt to different situations. You put those glasses on, it makes everything look a few feet to the left. And at first, you're really clumsy. You know, mm-hmm. you can't pick things up because you keep going for the wrong spit. You know, you keep missing it to the right, right or whatever. Right. But eventually your brain adjusts. And then they found that people, you know, once they've had an adjustment time can be Can work with them. Can can do that kind of thing. They can pick things up normally. They can write normally. They can cook and and do whatever. Whatever drive even, Um, and so. But then when they take those glasses off, they're screwed up again Mm -hmm. until they get back used to back using it again. And so I was. So that's kind of what I thought was happening, or at least that's what I felt was Mm -hmm. happening to me. Yeah. And so, um, so I thought, okay, well. At least one of, or one of at least two things could be happening here. Either I am, either it really is just like the magic eye, okay, and um, by hazing my, my vision, I'm able to, my brain pieces together, pieces that aren't actually together, because when you look at one of those magic eye pictures it's really not a picture of a sailboat. Mm-hmm. It's real, there's, there's really not a sailboat, you know, there's nothing on there that actually is a sailboat. It's what it's, your brain just thinks there's a sailboat there because it took these shortcuts and, you know, in these, um, you know, the, these optical illusions, basically, the mm-hmm. the arrow is not longer than the other one. They're actually the same length, even though, right. even after somebody tells you they're the same length, and even shows you they're the right. same link with a ruler, <laughs> Still doesn't you still swear, that. no, that one looks longer <laughs> to me. That one yeah. just looks longer, right? And so um, it's hard to shake those thing, those quirks in our yeah. brain because we we get so used to them. So I thought uh, one of two things or one of at least two things is happening. Either it really is like the magic eye picture and mm-hmm. that they're, my brain is fabricating uh, this feeling or these thoughts or... Or, or this perspective, or it's the other situation where I just took the glasses off, right? Maybe I had lived my whole life sure with the with the glasses in place, and then when I took them off,
0: mm-hmm.
1: am I can I see more clearly now? Is right. is my is uh, by by having that hazy thinking, and and I wish I had a better way to explain this. I I'm sure if I were more eloquent, I could find I could find a better way to explain it, but. Just hate. I mean, it's just hazy thinking, right? It's like trying to explain to somebody how to do one of those magic eye pictures,
2: right?
1: You know, let your vision wander, or just be out of focus. How do you, you know, I I don't have manual control over my eyes <laughs> right. <focused laughs> right, right. and and so it's it's hard to explain to somebody how to do it, and that's kind of what I feel like now. And so if mm-hmm. I'm um, if I'm stumbling uh, about explaining this, then, you know, that's, no, that's I part think of it. That's but so so I, I was like, okay, so am I, have I discovered that Christians are seeing things with a, not not an optical illusion, but a thought illusion, right? A, a, mm-hmm. um, right? A cognitive illusion, that would be a yeah. good way to say it, a cognitive illusion. Or am I the one who had the cognitive illusion and I'm just taking my glasses off and so now mm-hmm. it feels uncomfortable for me to see things right? Right. So, and yeah, so, that's a go ahead. Oh, um, uh, that that was kind of it. I mean, that, that was, was it was uh, it was I, I like and again, as as a math teacher, you know, I like when I like to make discoveries like that because because then it, it gives me first of all, it gives me a perspective on an experience that I just had
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um and and for this was this was an interesting experience because I kind of went through all of the different phases, right? And you know the denial and the anger and all that stuff, and acceptance at the end, right? <laughs> right, yeah, right. And, and so, um, <laughs> and so, so I kind of went through all those st- stages of grief. Those are, I suppose, <laughs> right. are right. what that says about what we're doing here, right? Right. right. <laughs> um, but um, but you know, so so then I I, I made it to this spot and I, and I, I'm not fooling myself thinking, Oh, I was a Christian or uh, that's how Christians see it. Or Mm -hmm. that's how was what Jamie was trying to share with me or, you know, it's, I don't think that was the case, but, but it, but it did help me to, uh, but I was, I did to some extent accomplish what I, what I set out to do. And that was to see things from a different perspective. And so, and so, um you know whether that different perspective was a step in the right direction or a step in the wrong direction you know remains to be seen of course yeah um obviously you have uh, an opinion that maybe i was going in the right direction or maybe you don't i don't know right, but, yeah. you know for me yeah. it was like it seemed like oh i'm i'm i can see how a christian would see this optical illusion i can i can understand why they would think the one line is longer right. than the other or right. or, yeah, or that's, whatever and so so it was an interesting battle.
0: Yeah, that's half the battle is just like half the battle when I talk to people is just getting people to say, well, can you at least understand, you know, where I'm coming from or why I think this way, even if Mm -hmm. you disagree with me? And, you know, one of the things that I think that you're not far off from the truth as far as you talk about this kind of cognitive haze, Um, again, I think it comes back down to presuppositions because as I read the Bible— I'm presupposing God exists. Mm -hmm. And so when I read that, I presuppose several things that God exists and that he's at least kind of the God, traditional God of the philosophers. Meaning he has to be by definition. If he exists, he has to be morally perfect, perfectly just all knowing, all loving, all merciful, that kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. So
1: as and I- that's a tempting that's a tempting perspective, right? Especially yeah. you know, from from a human point of view, we grow up relying on our parents, relying mm-hmm. on our families, relying on our societies, relying on our government, and so so it's it's a it's a, a pleasant there there is that is an attractive uh, approach to me. We're setting aside the truth right. of the matter, whether right, or not right. whether or not it's true, psychologically. Yeah. That's comforting to know. Yeah, people always say that.
0: people always say, "Oh yeah, you're you're just using Christianity as a crutch." And I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, partly. Yeah, you're right. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that is a, a good point. The the thing is is when so I presuppose those things as I'm reading the Bible. And so what I do is I think what was happening is is that your skeptical side uh, the more cynic parts of you were just taking a back seat for the moment and mm-hmm. you, and you were able to read scripture as as I would read scripture or at times you'd be able to see the scripture as a Christian would see the scripture in that obviously you don't believe God exists but but you were almost your presuppositions almost changed at that moment and so instead of seeing it, blurry or hazy you were just your presuppositions changed or you know your presuppositions took a back seat for a mm-hmm. minute and so I, that's what i think happened and i of course we you know i would argue that it's not that we read these things void of reason and i know you said that multiple times that that you know that of course i would say that we read these things in light of reason um, and we don't check our brains at the door so to speak but It's one of those things where, again, if I presuppose that God exists and that he's this absolutely perfectly moral being, then if I read something that bothers me, you know, oh, why would God? That's not just. I have to read it in light of, well, it has to be just. There must be something I'm missing Uh or I must be not reading the passage correctly or, you know, justice is played out over you know, that's one thing that we always talk about, how you can't just look at God's justice in light of the 80 years that we live here on Earth, but in light mm-hmm. of e- in light of eternity. So that God makes everything right on the other side of eternity, but he He doesn't make everything right now for the sake of free will.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, yeah. You know, I, and, and as you were saying that just now, it reminds me of the scene in Gladiator. You ever seen the movie Gladiator? Oh, yeah, love it. Awesome movie, awesome movie. But at the beginning, when Marcus Aurelius is – um, let's just, ha- he's talking to his daughter and he says, let's just have a conversation with, uh, I playing the part of the loving father and you playing the part of the dutiful daughter or whatever. And she says, yes, that is a pleasant fiction. Yeah. And so, th- so, so, <laughs> right, yeah. so just, and I, I'm sorry yeah. if this is, seems insulting no, to you. I don't no, intend it not. to be insulting, no, but when you not. were talking about that, it was like, Ah, yes, this is a pleasant fiction. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's not in, not insulting at all, because I understand you, how you would think that, you know, coming um, at it from a skeptic. But again, it's like I, I can appreciate how – and another thing, too, is that's what we believe as Christians, that the Bible does and that the Holy Spirit will do as people are reading God's word, that when you come at it, which I think you did – with this idea of, okay, God, I don't believe you're there. But if you're there, here I am. Um, you know, when we come back, that,
1: that, that might have been at first, see, but then at the time, I would try to snip out the, I don't believe you're there, and try right. to skip over that and then just say well, the rest I, of it.
0: And you know what? The, the thing is, too, is is that may have been, and this is just my anecdotal thoughts, that may have been the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit working on your heart, saying, hey, I, I am here. Set aside your cynicism for a minute, your skepticism for a minute. And so that's kind of what I mean, you know, when when this kind of this experience, you know, when I talk uh-huh. about this challenge, because like I said, it's not just this uh, anecdotal or this uh, academic kind of intellectual endeavor. It is for sure. But there's also this other aspect where I can kind of know God in this in this separate way. Now I wouldn't use that experience as evidence necessarily uh-huh. uh, for God's existence because I've always said you could kind of know God exists. Of through this kind of personal revelation, but you can't show that God exists through that personal revelation. That's impossible because mm. that's completely subjective. You you have to use natural theology and apologetics and things like that to show God exists. But I don't know. Listen, I I think you came at this whole, like, kind of in conclusion, in my thinking, is I think you came at this whole challenge with a, a good mindset. and I, Like, I really do appreciate that because... I think of all my, um, of all my skeptic friends. Uh, for as much as I rag on you about <laughs> your epistemology and all that other uh-huh, stuff, uh-huh. I, I really do think you, you you give something a fair shake. Okay. And so when you like said I do it like. The, I didn't hesitate in taking you up on it, not because I thought it would be a chance for me to witness or parathletize or whatever, but just because I I thought you would really do it. And so I really do think you took this seriously. And I I do think that you kind of got a glimpse at, you know, maybe if it was just a little glimpse at at what Christians do or what Christians Uh think, you know, again, I I don't think that it is. We sit down without reason and, and read these things and then get some kind of experience because we checked our brain at the door, but rather, we come into reading these things kind of with an open heart and open mind. We, 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 but well, most people believe God exists anyhow to some degree. So as they are reading it, it's, it's there isn't as much cynic or skeptic to be pushed, you know, uh-huh. to kind of be pushed back. Uh-huh. So I do think you did get a little glimpse. But regardless, I mean, even if you hadn't, I mean, I still I think that's a complete victory that, that hmm. you that you saw something in it that was interesting and profound, Uh, you know, even obviously if it didn't end up in some kind of super awesome moral victory for myself right, and God, right. I, I, I didn't necessarily expect that either. I, I, I just thought that this would be good and I thought you would take it seriously. And I think you did. And then I think you got out of it what you put into it. And I think you put into it, like, I think you really did. I mean, I know for somebody who doesn't do that, I mean, I do this kind of thing every day, Mm -hmm. sometimes for several hours. So it doesn't, Uh it's easy for me every day to do something like that. But for someone who doesn't do this kind of thing every day, it's it's a tough thing. And so especially- I just
1: pictured you kind of in a room in your house, and you got magic eye pictures all around <laughs> you, just it. a whole floor to ceiling <laughs> right. wallpaper. And you're like, oh, look, there's David and Goliath. Right. Oh, look over there, there's a <laughs> temple on, you know, a temple on the Mount over there. And right. oh, here's all this happening. There's the Noah's Ark right over there. Yeah,
0: and- that's great. No, that's. great. I-,
1: I-, I do have to say that, um, um, I do. I, I feel that the the payoff was worth the effort for for one thing, but but I have to I have to say you know I I was a little disappointed in that uh, I didn't feel God at all. I yeah. mean like there there was there was nothing there 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 was no I didn't um I didn't come out of it feeling uh, I I felt like I learned about perspective and I learned about myself a little bit and I learned mm-hmm. about you know. Christians, as a as setting aside, uh, as opposed to learning about Christianity or about the Christian God, and so and so, right. I I had hoped that, well, to be honest, I wasn't expecting any of that, and so right. so so I I try to set, you know, we all we try to set aside biases, but you. You can't. Right. You can't completely. You know, your brain is your brain is your brain and that and you're kind of stuck with what you got. And so mm-hmm. and so, of course, this may be because of of for whatever reason. But I, I, I feel like I learned God did not touch my life, at least that I noticed, right. at least that I noticed. And who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe next week or something. Maybe now I'm primed. Right. It's like um, you prime you know, the it, pump. I, the, the pump has been prime. maybe. Who knows? I, well, I suppose you do we'll know, find out.
0: You do know that the amount of times where I believe I've actually felt God, I could mm-hmm. count on one hand. Oh, okay. So this isn't, This is, so this is you know, our, my relationship with God is not a feeling in the same way my relationship with my wife is not a feeling. I mean, sometimes I have a feeling towards my wife,
1: right? We don't have too much information. We don't need to go down. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: You know, like uh, I've maybe had maybe a half dozen experiences where I could say, yes, I believe that I encountered God Uh in some kind of personal, internal, experiential way. Uh And that's it. I think most Christians are like that. The way we encounter God is through the intellect in And that learning more about who God is draws us to a greater appreciation about who he is, which mm-hmm. draws us to a greater love for him and what he's done for us and things like that. So there is that kind of um, experience of, you know, those kind of emotions we would feel on a, I could feel on a daily basis, gratefulness, thanksgiving,
1: mm-hmm. those
0: kind of things. But actually, God reaching down and touching me like where I feel like tingly all over, or like, "Oh my gosh, what is happening here i, I again, I could count probably on one hand hmm. so okay. yeah, yeah, so it, and I think a lot of christians are 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 like that we don't again, and I don't hear from God audibly, never, I've never, ever heard from God audibly now, I could say that I. I thought a few thoughts uh-huh. that I knew were from God. For instance, the very first time I saw my wife, I didn't know if she was single or dating. I knew nothing about her. The first time I, I saw her, in my mind says, "You're going to marry her." Huh. Even when she dumped me after a couple of dates, <laughs> it was it was, and I I knew that was from God. It was it was crazy. And there was another instance I remember
1: where, you know, the first time I saw my wife, my thought was way too much hairspray.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was that? 1985.
1: That would have been maybe 2000, 2001, somewhere in there.
0: (laughs) I thought we were talking. She she knows that too.
1: We've joked about that before. And so, so she knows. So (laughs) So, so it's not a, so I'm not going to get in trouble for that.
0: Right. 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 (laughs) Anyhow, um, yeah, so I'm I'm I am grateful that you went through that. Uh, I I do appreciate that. I, I think you did experience something, albeit not over some kind of overwhelming uh, thing. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm grateful that you took it seriously, and I appreciate that as as a friend. I, huh. I I appreciate that you did that and you took it seriously, and and I think you you got something out of it, and I'm grateful for that.
1: You know, after the, well, I appreciate that. Thank you for those, for those uh, sentiments. Um, afterwards, when I stopped, um, it was kind of weird. You know, you get in the habit of, like we said before, you know, a few days go by and you kind of get in the groove and you get, and so then I started missing it. I was like, oh, I should be, you know, like I lost my keys or right, something. Yeah, I was right, like, right, where, yeah. what's happening there? And, yeah. and, and And at first I thought. Oh my God, is this God speaking to me right now saying you should you should keep doing that <laughs> right? yeah you know, at first, I thought that, and I was like, well, whatever yeah, and, right, then, right. and then and then a couple of weeks later, um I stopped doing the uh the New York Times crossword puzzle, you know the 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 New York Times has a crossword puzzle app, yeah, uh, and if you do every puzzle on the day that they release it, then you they they tell you what your streak is, right, your streak right. and so. Once I once I got rolling on that, I got like up over a hundred days in a row. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the year. I'm gonna go for the year every day. Do that damn crossword puzzle. And so right right a couple weeks after we had finished this experiment, yeah, um, that was when my one year anniversary on doing the crossword puzzle came up. Yeah, and uh, so then I was like, I'm gonna stop after I I can't put up with this anymore. This is just too too much. And so. So then I felt the same thing after that, too. And it was like, oh, my, you know, like, where's my keys? You know, what am I supposed to am I supposed to be doing something now? Was I I feel like I'm forgetting something, which for me is a frequent feeling, by the way, (laughs) I'm almost almost in a constant state of feeling like I've forgotten something. And very often I have. But uh, it was interesting, that little, whoa, I, I, I feel like. I'm motivated to go do this. So I can yeah. see So, and another little peek in there, you know, you you said you sometimes yeah. spend hours a day um, in your studies and, and your prayer, or, mm-hmm. you know, however you would yeah. summarize that. But, um, you know, I, I can imagine getting yeah. that feeling of satisfaction, doing that every day. And that mm-hmm. kind of feeds into that. And, you know, wh- whether or not that that's why you have that feeling again, that's right. a separate issue. We don't right. need to we don't need to we don't need to split hairs here. And you know (laughs) right. Needless to say, I'm still an atheist and you're still (laughs) a theist. Right. And so I I just wanted to ask you though, what did you expect would happen out of this? And were you, I mean, you already kind of said you, you were happy that's that, that things happened. I mean, what was, were you expecting me to would you have been surprised if I said, "Oh, I've seen the light"?
0: Um, no, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm walking down the aisle today and doing whatever the yeah, magical whatever words do. are. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I mean, yes and no. Like I am so used to, I guess, day to day life that it wouldn't. it it didn't surprise me that you didn't convert. Like that wasn't that it wasn't a surprise at all. However. Mm-hmm. Had something happened, that wouldn't have surprised me either. Because I've seen other people where that that's happened, where, mm-hmm. where they've encountered God, and they're like, "Yep." And then there are perspective changes on on those other things because of that, you know, because of that encounter. So, I, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. I I wasn't. I wasn't like I'm so. Gonna, so, what you're no. saying,
1: and, and tell me if I'm reading between the lines here correctly. But what you're saying is that. At least on some level, you know it's all bullshit, right? Is that what, you, is that what you're saying? Here? Is, that your, is that how you? Am I summarizing it correctly? Yeah, there,
0: maybe, maybe not quite. To some maybe extent, you kind of know. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's, um, you know, I, I mean, here's the thing: God's word, in His word, He promises that His word will never return void. That that when when people read it and when they take it to heart, that that things happen. You know, I, I know there are times that, you know, and God works through our emotions as well. So it seems
1: kind of vague. What the some, If you read this, something's going to happen.
0: Well, <laughs> no, but like here's the thing: God works through our emotions, so we shouldn't expect something other than emotions at some point. So I wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't surprised that the feeling kind of the longing to continue to do some of the, I don't know that's probably too strong a word, but kind of that f- desire to <laughs> want to continue to do the Bible study. What was the same feeling you had when you stopped the crossword? I mean, this doesn't surprise me at all because again, God works through our emotions. So uh-huh. what other emotion, like what other mystical magical thing would, would differentiate that longing one thing from another. Uh-huh. But, there have been times as I've read God's word that it has, and I. this very well could be completely psychosomatic where I've been reading something and it was, it was such a relief or it was like it, it, it it's, it so moved me for whatever I had going on at the time uh-huh. that as a Christian over the years, you know what? I believe in coincidences, of course. The you know, things like that happen all the time. But after a thousand or 2000 things that seem like a coincidence, you kind of like man, is it though? You know, where as I'm reading God's word, it like leaps off the page in certain instances in 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 talking to me. Uh-huh. You know, if there have been things that I've been doing in my life that I know aren't right, it just so happens that as I'm reading a certain passage, that it basically saying, hey, you know, you're not living right and you need to get things straight. You know, like, yes, that could be 100% coincidence, 100% psychosomatic. But it seems for me often it, ha- it happens often enough and it's specific enough to my situation for me to say this it not a coincidence and that, that that's God's Holy Spirit talking to me through his word.
1: Okay, yeah. just uh, sorry if I'm interrupting. Well, obviously, no. I'm interrupting, but uh, I feel like we're on the verge of starting a six hour conversation here. <laughs> just FYI.
0: All right, well, let's let me let me <laughs> we should just
1: wrap it up. <laughs>
0: let me take some backtracks. So, okay, so why don't you um, have, say, you know, any, any of your last thoughts on this whole thing and then and then I'll finish it up.
1: Um. Well, like I said, you know, I thought it was it was a uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, it kept, it kept my interest. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I, didn't feel like, you know, it was a minimal time commitment and, and, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say people shouldn't do this and I, and I wouldn't necessarily say that other people should do this. Um, I will say that, um, I happened to be in a, uh, a place, you know, and I have a, I have a certain level of interest in self-awareness and what, you know. De- how how successful I am at that remains to be seen. But I, I think it was part of my uh, my my journey as far as um, understanding. Uh, I, I feel like I, I I did gain some understanding. Whether or not it's actual understanding or fabricated understanding, uh, you know, remains to be seen. And I'm you know I may never know that. But uh, I feel like it was worth trying at least for me in, in this case, in in this time and place of, of my life and so um, I, I appreciate I know it was effort on your part I, I can imagine that yeah I mean I'm not surprised at all at your answer when I asked you what were you expecting that you 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 weren't surprised at the outcome but you might not have been surprised uh, if something had happened although I will point out that if uh, uh, we are missing out on a very lucrative book deal you and I could have made a ton of cash. If, uh, if the outcome of this had been different. Yes,
0: yes, we could have made a lot <laughs> of money. We would have been
1: the bells of the ball, <laughs> at least for a little while. Right. But, uh, but, you know, things turned out a different way. Um, right. I guess God doesn't want you to be the bell of the ball, Jamie, yeah, right, right now. now. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> not
0: right now. Hey, right. Who now. knows?
1: Maybe it's just amping up the amping up the suspense for when you do finally convert right, me. Right. It's
0: going to be this really big deal. Be yeah. even,
1: even more even satisfying. Random, right. Yep. And nobody will be able to argue because you convinced uh, the world's harshest heart, heart, critic harshest or whatever. Trick, <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> but, yeah,
1: but, but, uh, but I appreciate the effort that you did, uh, Jamie. And, um, and thanks for doing that. I, yeah. I, I, I liked it.
0: Yeah. And I uh, echo uh, what I said earlier, I, I know that, um, that you were honest going into it, that you were going to do the best you could to set some things aside as you read. And, um, I know it was a time commitment and I, I think you did like, I think it's, um, a success because you had a positive experience where you learned a few things. Um, and you know, you saw a few things and, um, it was a good experience for you. So that, that, that was number one. Number two is I, I actually believe that you had some kind of, um, some kind of encounter with the Holy spirit having, you know, kind of being able to set your, your skeptic, you, you know, your skepticism kind of aside and just read it for as it is. And, um, I think that's a good thing, and yeah. and uh, and I and I'm
1: I, looking forward to to when you do the 30 day trial, praying to Allah five times a day <laughs> for 30 days. For 30 I can't wait to see how that turns out. To
0: Allah, right? <laughs> uh, so anyhow, I appreciate that. I think it was a cool little challenge. And okay, um,
1: and so where can people find out information? Yeah, of where, course, would you like to know more?
0: Yeah, of course. Every, everybody could go to the um, God or Not podcast. Uh, Facebook page, where where we have all thirty days uh, uh, in order there. Listed. Although you
1: did try to sneak in a thirty first day, did I? I want to point that you did. did. Oh. There was a thirty first day, and <laughs> I called you on it. I was like, "Screw that! No, I'm out." You're like, That's "You only get it. thirty days." That's right. That yeah. was the deal. That was the agreement.
0: Yeah, the Facebook page is kind of where it all went down. So you could go just look for "God or not" in the search bar. In Facebook, if you're not already um, a follower, and you could find it there. Yep. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. If anybody followed along with the challenge, uh, we appreciate that. Uh, and, and we'd
1: like to hear if anybody yeah. d- did it or does it. You know, please.
0: Yeah, we would uh, love to. Let us to know. Hear.
1: You can if uh, get in touch with us on the on the Facebook page, or you can. Uh, email to Scott at God or not or Jamie at God or not Or didn't we have something email at yeah,
0: well. email
1: at the same address? Yeah. Right. Email at God or not podcast.com. <laughs> I, it, yeah. One of those. One of those.
0: Just, yeah. Just mass email and you'll get or one Or just
1: uh, channel the Holy Spirit and contact there, us that way. Wow. There you go. <laughs> over the over the radio waves. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, Had a perfect. good time. Yep. Thanks, Scott. All right. Well,
0: thirty days of getting whacked in the face with the Bible, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you feel better.
1: <laughs> uh, it was interesting. It was interesting. I, I felt, uh, you know, it was an interesting psychological experiment, at the very least. And at least we got. Least.
0: At least we got something out of it. So, yeah, we, uh, yeah. speaking of getting something out of it. Uh, our, our next, uh, our next bit here on morality. Take oh, three hundred and eighty-one. I think, um, but this is a little bit of a different spin. It's I, a different I can't take. imagine
1: a Christian and an atheist ever talking, talking about, about morality. morality. <laughs> uh, that never. <laughs> it does. This
0: one, this one will have a different uh, spin to it. it. It was a little different take, but nonetheless, the the foundations are are still the same. But but there were so, some surprises in there. Right, so right, right. Uh, We hope you guys enjoy uh, morality again
2: this is the main event
1: okay jamie we've been down this road before we'll probably go down the road again Again, we we, we see these we'll see many familiar land landmarks and hopefully some new ones at least yeah. Um, so so we've had several talks about morality and uh, to varying degrees of success, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's an understatement, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, uh, for, for those of you that uh, don't already know what the heck I'm talking about, Jamie and I have talked about this uh, argument for morality. And uh, so it's an argument that um, supposedly – supports the idea of a God based on the fact that, uh, you know, observations about the way we uh, navigate our moral world here. And so, um, so we started out by talking, um, well, let, let, let's, let's break down the argument here yeah. first, just in case there's a case we need a little reminder here. So the argument for morality is pretty straightforward and simple. It says, uh, so the first premise is if there's no God, then there can be no objective morality. Premise two is that there is objective morality. And so the conclusion then uh, would be that there is a God. And, and so that is a sound. Uh, it's a, a valid argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the prime uh, reasoning behind that is just something called modus tollens, um for the philosophy nerds out there mm-hmm. uh, listening to that. And so, and so the idea here is that, um, we observe these moral well we observe that human beings have morality and so then it's really about the the source of that morality or the foundation or the or the or the justification for the morality and and so then the argument is is attempting to show that um that there's a god and so um before we dive into that we need to to clarify a few definitions and this was something that we uh, we addressed the first time that we had this argument. That would have been—I can't remember what episode that were that was, but it was one of our first. 1985.
0: Episodes yeah. yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> back, back in the day before the internet. Yeah, right. And we were sending each other reel-to-reel tapes. Yeah. Of, <laughs> yeah, of yeah our arguments. Yeah, a
0: little too far back there, but all right.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. So so um, so some of it has to. It hinges on how we're going to define this world morality. and so uh, so Jamie and I kind of approach this differently jamie's uh, Jamie's definition of morality. in other words, when the word morality leaves Jamie's mouth, this is what he means. and we call this Jamie morality clever name there mm-hmm. uh and and so uh, according to jamie morality an action is moral if it aligns with god's nature or dictates or commands or preference I, I, have i asked you which what what yeah, do you prefer the, of the that god's nature is because okay.
0: anything else ends up with what we call a divine command theory which i i don't believe in so um we say, if we say that this is based in God's nature, that's probably the most appropriate uh, okay. for my okay. position.
1: So an action is moral if it aligns with God's nature, uh, immoral if it does not. And then, of course, there's probably, uh, is there room for gray in the middle there, or is there other oh, yeah, actions?
0: Yeah, there's, well, there's, Um, I think there's always going to be a right and a wrong regardless of the action, but I think that, we as human beings are limited. So ontologically speaking, there is probably um, from an ethical or moral standpoint, an exact right and wrong in every situation or something that's better than another, according to God's nature. But we might not know it, you know, oh, okay. because that's that would be a epistemological. I think there's a ton of gray area in terms of we may not know what is right in any given situation mm-hmm. um it doesn't mean there isn't a right you right, know right. it just means that we just don't we we may not know or i might not know someone else might know i don't know you know
1: okay okay so so uh with well, would there be varying degrees of rightness and wrongness i mean yeah, would there absolutely. be I think that something there's, more yeah. right or less right yeah yeah could I, could we have something that is morally neutral that is neither moral or immoral
0: yeah money
1: my, well, I mean, like, like yeah. actions, like, is there something I could do that would be morally neutral? Yeah. I'm that sure. would be neither good nor bad. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All, all right. right. So
0: my playing the drums with the neighbors all working. <laughs> so I'm not disrupting <laughs> anybody's sleep. Mm-hmm. This would probably be, I mean, that's an action that is probably neutral. So I'm sure there's a lot of actions that are okay, n- neutral
1: and so better mi- or worse. You, we uh, don't know. If you did it and woke them up, then that would kind of edge towards the immoral and, right. you know, and yeah, so yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Okay, all right, and like, and, but if you're drumming at church, maybe that would be considered to be more moral. Possibly, yeah.
0: I mean, because uh, given the circumstances, yeah.
1: Okay, all right. So that's so that's Jamie morality. An action is moral if it aligns with God's nature; immoral if it does not. And so, uh, so the way that I define morality that what we're calling with the Cleverly named mm. Scott Morality, so clever. Um, I, so I would say, and I kind of go along with uh, Sam Harris's uh, approach to morality. And I, I would say that an action is moral if it promotes if it promotes the well being of conscious creatures, and immoral if it hinders or damages the well being of conscious creatures. And so, and and likewise, there would be various gray. Areas um, There might be some some actions that really don't really have any effect on on the well-being of conscious creatures. And so we might consider that to be uh, either morally neutral or possibly amoral. Um, And then and then something that would be more moral would be something that would have a stronger impact on on the Mm -hmm. well-being or, you know, either in the positive or negative direction. Uh okay, and so that is uh that's my take on morality that we're, and we're calling that Scott morality. Now there's this third concept here that uh we didn't really get into uh until we had um this last time we were talking about morality, which we uh well, let's just say we ended up we spent a lot of time kind of bashing heads. We 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 yeah. were we were like, you know, those those uh, images of the rams up in the mountains. Right. Yes. And they're just bashing heads right. over and over again. And, and
0: then when we and- were when we were both bloody, we sat down and said, man, I think that we didn't need to bash heads here. Or right. at least we, <laughs> you're right? we're like, wait, wait a second here. We could have done this and this, or taken this path and we both would have been satisfied or maybe not quite as bloody.
1: Right, right, and so it was. It was only after that uh, that head bashing session that we kind of, yeah, like you said, we kind of realized that we, well, we were kind of talking past each other, and 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 so uh, I do think that sometimes, you know, you kind of have to go through that. I mean, here we are; we're two individuals. We have very different, even though practically, I think much of what we believe is is the same as far mm-hmm. as uh, how you know how it eventually pans out in our lives Mm -hmm. um but our our motivations or our our rationalizations or our justifications were are drastically different here Mm -hmm. and so um so after after that uh the uh head bashing session we kind of sat down and and we chatted a little bit and we decided well let's uh let's kind of let's redo this part and then we'll Will incorporate our newly gained uh, insights. Yeah, yeah, excellent. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Our newly gained insights uh, with each other and with ourselves too. Mm -hmm. So, so that so the rest of our our discussion here is going to be a result of that. But one thing that we we discovered is that we were also going to be referring to something called uh, that. Well, that I'm going to call a moral sense. And so, uh, our moral sense is just the the emotions and responses that we have to actions that make us more or less prone to perform or condone those actions. And so in other words, it's kind of like, uh, the way we feel about things. Mm-hmm. And so later on, we're going to try to, um, you know, tie that into our, our discussion here. Uh, our, the first time we, we were talking about this morality argument, though, we were, we were focusing on the idea of objectivity. You know, what, what is objectivity? And, and Jamie, I know you have a take on this and, I I will give you a chance to, to, uh, to talk about it in a second here. But, um, uh, after the, at the end of that last discussion, um, Jamie agreed that we can have an objective standard that, uh, that we can use for morality and that it's, that is aside from, uh, you know, that is separate from, from the existence of any God. And, and, uh, in the end, Jamie would not agree that that's moral. Um, but, um, you know, it, it is possible to have a standard that we call moral that's not a God standard, okay? And so, so that would seem to uh, defeat premise one of the argument, depending on how on how you take it. Again, Jamie's Jamie's view on that particular, um, you know, approach to premise one is a little bit different, and and so we'll hear from him in a second here. Um, but I I also pointed out that uh, using God as a standard, using this third party. As a standard for for morality is not objective, right? Because it, it depends on uh, on this other on the perspective of this other being, and so if God had been different, then morality would be different. And so, based off of that, you know, clearly it's it's subjective. Now, Jamie, what do you what does it mean to you for morality to be objective, and how how uh, are you saying that I was off base with what I was just talking about?
0: Yeah. So when we Traditionally, when we're talking about objectivity in a moral sense, we aren't necessarily talking about, um, you know, because we've talked about in the past how we describe um, games and then the moves of the game. So if Uh you and I both agree to the rules of chess, then we both can say that there are objective moves or that there are moves that are objectively better or worse after we've agreed upon those certain moves. And traditionally, when at least from, from reading the literature, it seems that we're not talking about objectivity within the moves after we've agreed upon the rules of the game, but rather we're talking about objectivity or the grounding of the game itself or, or, Agreeing on those rules, so um, I don't think anybody is denying there can be objectivity if we agree on the rules. But I think ultimately, that's what we're talking about when we want to know if if there can be the, this objective standard outside of humanity. It's it's we're we're speaking about. The ontological grounding of the game itself. So if someone decides they don't want to play your game of chess, then then how do we decide if something is objectively moral or immoral because they've decided they're playing a different game?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so what I'm talking about is that. So the grounding or 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 the standard we use to determine whether something is objective. I'm talking, we're talking about objectivity there. Is there something neutral that we can look at and say, this is the the standard for morality um, instead of the moves of
1: the game? Does that make sense? So you're saying, so this is the standard for Jamie morality or for Scott morality there?
0: No. so for, for neither what I'm saying is 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 both Scott morality and Jamie morality say that this there's a certain standard we both use and uh-huh. then we base a moral if something is moral based on that standard. Okay. So the question is: Is either standard objective? Not the moves, but the standard itself.
1: So wait. So say that again. So is so that, the standard.
0: Yeah. So, so it's not as much
1: is the, are you saying is the selection of the standard objective?
0: Yeah. So the, 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 like the standard itself. So you're saying Scott morality, I'm saying uh, Jamie morality. The question is that standard that you use or that standard that I use are Uh either one of those objective. And, and so I'm not Referring to, if I agree with Scott morality, then you can have objective moves. I'm talking about we have two differing opinions now on, on mm-hmm. um, and like you said earlier, most you and I, practically speaking, our morality would line up perfectly for the most part mm-hmm. um, in practice. But the question is, if, if, if Adolf Hitler decides... Uh, he he doesn't he doesn't care about the flourishing of human beings, right? Um, who's right? Are are we right or is he right? It, it, you know, would you and I both say, "Well, we don't care if you don't care about the flourishing of human beings. What you did was wrong." And okay. so, what we would need is something to determine who's right at that point, because Hitler so, decided he didn't want to play. He did. He doesn't care about human flourishing. He right, doesn't care right. about your standard. And so there needs to be something that, that we can either look to or, or some way of pronouncing his, his uh, you know, either condone someone for doing something bad or reward someone for doing something right.
1: So are you saying that there, there needs to be a reason for us to choose one of the standards over the other?
0: Yeah, is one, is, 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 specifically speaking, is well being that standard. Objective, not the moves within well-being, but the standard itself. That's what we're referring to when we talk about objective morality.
1: Right. So, oh, okay. so the Do standard. Mean, wait, I, I, I'm still not, I'm, I'm still not getting the the subtlety that you're implying here. So, are you saying because because well-being as a standard is is objective? Um. You know, if you chop off your finger, there's no argument that you've just damaged, you've harmed yourself, that you've decreased your well being. Right, sure. Un- unless, of course, it was like gangrenous or, you know, there's, there's exceptions, right, 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 of course. Right, right. Yeah. And, and so, so. No, but the question and, and that, is why, so they,
0: but the question is why well being? Right, right. Why okay. Is, is, yeah, because Hitler could say, well, I give two rats about well being. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't care about well being. Right. So. He- so okay, so then what? So you're saying that there's some sort of way of determining which of the standards is, is is, I don't I don't know more corrector or or I'm not what so what so you you said that we're not talking about Jamie morality and we're not talking about Scott morality so there so what do you mean by morality then what so yeah. define so give us this third. Definition of well of it's, morality.
0: It's it's not necessarily a, a new definition of morality. It is rather um, you're saying that this standard of well being, right? So 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 you you've decided, and another has decided, whatever our culture has decided, well being is this is some is this objective standard, but. Um, only for people who decide yeah we're gonna use well-being as our standard um but I am talking about people who don't care about well-being and they're not using that as the standard. Um, why is that standard well-being why is why is that um is that objective it that is ultimately what we've been asking is, not necessarily once you've agreed upon that standard, but is that standard itself objective? So,
1: so is this so? Are so you're saying that the word morality has some kind of absolute meaning, a, a separate from humanity, or yeah?
0: I think. Well, I think I would say separate from well-being because I don't attach what is moral based upon whether or not. That there's this because you're you would consider yourself a moral realist, right? That there are these things independent. No, I'm not. Of, I'm, not
1: a, I'm not a moral realist. No.
0: So your standard of well, all I'm trying to say it's going to be I don't know it's going to be hard to get past this point. I'm, I'm trying to f- figure out if there's another way for me uh, another way for me to explain this or how to uh-huh. explain it because you've agreed that. You have a subjective standard. No,
1: no. By the standard, which, the stand. Well, we we. I. No, they agreed agree upon. the agreed upon. Well, okay. How would you say it then? What would I you? I would say? say that we we we. I mean, I think I think you would agree with this too that the way we define words is subjective. I mean, you know, people make up the words, right? And and so, yeah. Uh, so so tying the word "moral" to a particular concept is is always going to be a subjective step in the process. And so, if when if I tie the word to Scott morality, if I tie it to this idea of promoting or hindering. The well-being of conscious creatures. Then mm-hmm. that—that's my subjective selection of what I mean when I say moral. Right. But the but the standard itself is objective. Whether so, or not something is helpful or harmful to something. So
0: what did you call? What would you call that then? Um, again, you, I think you just said it. What would you call that selection of well-being? What is that? When what? you say you know the culture or or the evolutionary process or whatever, this uh-huh. selection of well-being. What so, would you so call that?
1: That would be a subjective process. And that so it would is, be based off of what it means to me to say that word. Okay.
0: So that is what we claim isn't objective. And we would, I would put both um, the, the, well, co- well-being of conscious creatures, right? And uh-huh. m- so that is your selection. Right. Okay, I, I call that your standard. That, in my mind, when when you say the conscious okay. the well-being, I, I think of okay, that's your standard. Okay. And then when I say God's nature, that's my standard. So that's the word I attach to them. Um, you you, right, you right. call it a selection. So- you call it a selection. Okay, so that's the selection of well-being is not objective you argue that the selection of god is not objective
1: and i think right. that-, that that much is obvious that you know both this both of us selecting how we use a word is going to be subjective you know the yeah. way so- somebody somebody saying a word and meaning a concept is going to be subjective it's going to be dependent on what they mean by the word and so that that step in the process is Always going to—it's just the nature of language. You know, we're using—we're using these noises coming out of our mouths, or squiggles on a paper, or taps on a keyboard. Uh, we're using those combinations of symbols to represent some concept, and and so the connection of the of the word or the the squiggles or whatever—the connect the connection of that word to the concept—that's always going to be subjective. By definition, right? So That's is what, there it means, anything, what it means. Is there anything that is objective? Then, it, what, if, well, if, I mean, if, if there you, aren't any, there aren't any words that are objectively defined. You know, we okay. we so, we know we know that people have made up the words, and so they okay. okay. And,
0: but what do you? What, but I, I think you're talking definitions of words, and I think may, and I think maybe we're talking past each other here because I'm not necessarily thinking of when I think of the well-being of conscious creatures. I I think of that as your standard by which you judge actions, whether or not they're moral or immoral. So I don't think, I I don't see that as a word. Am I, are we missing there?
1: Let let me try another, let me try another approach to this. Okay. So let's say we have uh, two rulers. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the rulers is in inches and the other one is in centimeters. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, um, And so I might walk, so let's say you and I wanted to measure, um, you know, the length of a pencil or something like that. And so I walk up and I'll grab one of the, one of the rulers and I'll measure it and I'll say, oh, it's a seven. Okay. And then you'll pick up one of the rulers and you'll say, "Um, no, it's actually 26 or or whatever it would turn out. So, and and it just so happened that I, that I picked up the ruler with inches on it and I made my measurement there Mm -hmm. and you picked up the ruler with centimeters on it and you made your measurement there and so the sol- the act of selecting a ruler was the subjective portion of it that's that's where we're connecting our concept of of length or whatever mm-hmm. to and so, and the standard would be the ruler itself. And so I'm a pl- I I take my ruler and I lay it next to the pencil to make my judgment. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, so I can see that it li- that it, the way it lines up and you know the way we use a, a ruler to make a measurement, mm-hmm. we see where it lines up. And so the so the so, so when I selected one ruler over the other one, that was the subjective part. Mm-hmm. And then when I laid the ruler next to the object and we could see, you know, how long it was, that would be the objective application of, of the hmm. standard. And okay, so then when you sense. go up, so you make your selection, you choose the other ruler mm-hmm. and you lay it down. And so, and you know, you'd get a different answer because you're applying your standard is the centimeter but and my would, standard I, no, is the no, inch. I see
0: that. No, that makes sense. But I think with that analogy, something that we're missing is because uh, with that analogy, we would both be right. We're just using different
1: standards. But mm-hmm. I, I think that well, we could both be right about morality too, even if we use different standards.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and we could be right about yeah about, about we would like be a- right
1: or wrong whether uh, you know of of our judgment relative to the standard that we selected. And so, if I select uh, well being and you select uh, you know according to God's nature, then then but you, you know, would we, say we though that apply those standards. But wouldn't you say
0: though that? That at some point somebody is wrong though, that, that they're, um, even if they don't use the same ruler. So th- that would, that would be my,
1: um, do you mean if they don't base it off of any ruler?
0: Well, or they use, or, or, or they, we say, you say, okay, we're going to measure in inches and you have mm-hmm. a ruler with inches and uh-huh. you get the right measurement based on inches. And okay. I use, um, I use something to- totally different. I, I use okay. n- not a tape measure, or I use or I use a ruler, um, but I don't. You say the correct answer is seven inches. I, I don't do seven. I say eight inches or ten inches,
1: right? Okay. Um, so, so I, in that case, we could we could show, we could demonstrate, we could lay the ruler next to the thing, and we could clearly show. That seven inches, that's what I mean by when I say the application of the standard, the standard itself, of course, is objective. But then the application of the standard uh, is the objective portion. We can we can we can see I can take that object and I can put it next to the ruler and I can show You know, I can say if you're using inches, then you're talking mm-hmm. about this ruler here. Right. And and so I can show you, I can demonstrate that it is in fact go it, you know, if I put the one end of the pencil down at the zero, and then I can see that the other end of the pencil lines up with the seven, and I could say to the ten inch person, I could say, see, you know, it was we, we have a measurement here of of seven inches. How do, how did you get ten inches and so forth? Yeah, but and it, so it, the so the app so so uh, again, once we've once we've chosen the ruler that we're talking about, right. then we can we can apply it objectively, and we can show that by demonstration of right. But I I think that, that our
0: I think that our the, the the whole idea of the objective morality is the choosing of the of the measurement or the standard or the ruler.
1: Right. Okay. So then, that, so that so, is so,
0: what I think. Um, historically has been the pushback. Not not that if we both agree that the ruler, yeah, let's use this ruler. Uh, And then, oh, you know, I say this and you say that. And you're like, well, no, it's right here. I got the ruler laying down and here's the line and here's the inches and here's the, and it's this. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the person who decides they're not going to use the ruler. Someone who, okay. That, you know, so if we use the ruler as, you know, well-being and there's another ruler over here. Or something that's God's nature, so it's the ruler itself, so that needs to be the objective part. Because obviously, if we're measuring in inches, and you have a ruler that doesn't measure in inches,
2: mm-hmm. then
0: then you're then it's going to be off, right? And and so if I had a if we were measuring in it, and I think our in I don't know, maybe this works. I'm thinking on the fly. I don't know if this is going to work or not, but i was thinking maybe that our moral intuitions. Would be, or what you call the, um, what you call it, the moral sense. That Mm -hmm. would almost be the, um, the, uh, us looking at the ruler and saying, oh, it's right here. See, it's seven. Um, But the question gets kicked back then are we using the right measurement? And, And I would say that if you and like i said we've both talked about the
1: idea wait, that there's wait so so we're so we're using two different rulers but we're both calling it inches
0: yes or or we're using yes we're using two different rulers we're both calling it inches one clearly isn't um or i wouldn't say one clearly isn't one someone says you're not using the right measuring tape there and mm-hmm. the moral intuitions are the actual, like, but we can show you right here, just like you're talking about demonstrating, you know, we Mm -hmm. can demonstrate it by just showing. And I think that the moral sense or the moral intuitions would be that demonstration, at least based on a few things. Like I said, there's a lot of gray and -hmm. I know our moral intuitions can be wrong or intuitions in general can be wrong. But I think there's a certain, at least a few things that you would probably agree with that are like at least in our own minds, we think relatively um, certain that our moral intuitions are correct, you know, based upon like torturing a baby for fun and that kind of stuff that I've used in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm talking about the the, the ruler itself. And okay.
1: um, well, you, you mentioned that, uh, that you said, you know, this was historically the way that the that the article was, was approached. And I I don't necessarily know the entire history of this argument, but I do, I can say with, with a pretty strong certainty that that's not the way that modern day apologists like William Lane Craig and like Frank Turek and so forth. That's not the way that they approach their, their arguments are that, you know uh, if Hitler chooses some other standard, then that can't be objective. You know, the only way to, the only way to have the objective standard is to, is to choose based on God. So it's, it's not, they're not saying that' um, they're, they're saying that choosing something other than God is is not an objective choice and And I would agree with that much, but certainly choosing God as your standard also is clearly not an objective decision that's being made. you know you're, you're, you are you are subjectively uh, assigning uh, what you mean by morality to match. What what that is, and and I know we disagree on the the minutia on how it was traditionally presented right, and how yeah. it's not, and right. and I think that was part of that was part of our
2: our our, our
1: headbutting head <laughs> right. and um, bloody and, ram headbutting. But but to be honest, I I don't know I I I don't know if that really, you know, how other people present the argument. I don't know if that's necessarily relevant to, uh, no, to, did, to we what, we're gonna work, no. what we're going to work, what we're going to do. now you mentioned before, you mentioned the, um, the moral sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I think that was where we were really, we were really missing, uh, each other here. We were kind of two ships passing in the night kind of a thing. And it, and it had to do with, uh, I mean, that was what, that was the big roadblock that we had, I think the last time that we talked and, um, and it has to do with the way kind of the pieces fit together, you know, the ontology of morality and its relation to our moral sense. Mm -hmm. Now the way that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I want to make sure that I get this right here. So you were saying God is both the source uh, of morality, in other words, God uh, imbued us with uh, this moral sense or, Mm -hmm. or, or, or whatever, but then God is also the standard of morality you know we 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 have to then look to god to justify um you know that so that would be the epistemology that would be the kind of the how how we know it's right is how we compare it to yeah i would say that the
0: epistemology aspect is the um is the moral sense or the or the um um why am i having a brain fart you got to cut this out. Um, yeah, we can. Moral intuition. Moral intuition. Yeah, so uh, the epistemology is the, kind of the moral intuition. That's that's how we know certain things are because, you know, obviously you don't have the, if somebody doesn't have the Bible, they've never even heard of God, they can, I think they can still process or, or they would still have uh, an intuit, a moral intuition that certain things are right or wrong just based on how they feel. Mm-hmm. And so I think that and I'm not, not saying that's right with everything, but I think there are a few, at least a few things that are relatively certain that 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 we have this um, innate kind of sense that it's right or wrong. So there's that, so that intuition that is that's our way of knowing, or our epistemological way of knowing that certain things are right or wrong, and that God uh-huh. is ultimately. Not only the source of, well, we call things right or wrong because that is our this, the the ruler we use. We use God as the ruler, but uh-huh. but he he shows himself or he shows the ruler based upon our moral intuitions.
1: Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, but well, by moral intuitions, you're, you're meaning what we're calling the moral sense, right? Yes, you know, yes, it's just yep. the, the way that we feel and react to certain, Correct. To certain yes, things. Yes. Okay. And so, um. Yeah.
0: So the ontology would
1: be God as
0: the ruler. Okay. So, um, if I want to know if somebody kicked a six fifty nine 59 year or 59 yard field goal to win the game, uh-huh. Cleveland Browns did. Woo. <laughs> One and oh baby. That's the first All right. first All right. first uh first game win in like 17 years. But anyhow, so if we want to know someone kicked a 59-yard field goal, mm-hmm. we, we would use a certain yardage, and and that would be the yardage would be our objective standard to you know that would be the ontological ruler we use, and God we would say that God is that ontological ruler, but then the way we know um, with m- morality, the way we know is through, or the epistemology is through this moral sense or the moral intuition.
1: Okay. So, so would you say that, so before I asked you about a third, cause it seemed like you were, you were saying that neither one of our definitions was cutting it when, when it came to talking about morality and that there was some other kind of se- other kind of I don't want to say sense because we've already used that word. Um, some other kind of way of defining morality that we have to see if one of our definitions matches. So would you say that 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 mystery definition would be our moral sense? I mean, would would it yeah. say would would we say that thing ultimately things that align with what we feel is the is is the adjudicator there. So like if, if, uh, if we're trying to determine if something is moral based off of my state, off of Scott morality versus Jamie morality. And if there's a disagreement in there, then we should go along with.
0: Well, I mean, not not always, because I think there's a great, great, big gray area, right? Because um, there's, there's obviously a lot, a lot, a lot to this thing we we call morality and what is moral. But I, I think that there are s- certain things and I don't think I didn't mean to present the moral sense or moral intuition as like this third, wholly separate thing.
1: Okay. Um,
0: but I think that we have these. And I think that's how we kind of come to this idea of morality or come to this notion of this argument is because we first have these certain intuitions. Like it's wrong to torture a baby for fun or mm-hmm. it's good to love and it's it's wrong to be a coward. And, and, and so we have kind of these certain things that stick out to us as being morally good or right or bad or bad or wrong. And it's those intuitions then that need explaining, right? So that that's the epistemology. And so now we have to say, okay, well, what best explains this, this feeling I get that no matter what Scott thinks, or no matter what my wife thinks, or no matter what anybody else thinks, man, Mm -hmm. it's still going to be wrong to discriminate against somebody, or it's still going to be, or it's a good thing to love someone or it's uh it would be good or moral to sacrifice yourself for the sake of someone else. Mm-hmm. Um and so, that- so
1: are so are you saying that God gives us this morality via this our moral sense? Are you saying that is the the tool the other other than revelation and sure. you know passing you know the 10 commandments right, coming right, right, down right. from the Mount whatever, right. Mount what was it, Mount Sinai? Sinai. Or mm-hmm. okay, um, so so God kind of speaks to us through this moral sense to give us suggestions about what's right and what's wrong, kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's um, a lot of Bible verses pertaining to this, but it, it in I should know where this is at. But in I think it's in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul talks about how uh, the Gentile, mm-hmm. the non Jew. Um, they didn't have the law, meaning that they didn't have these six hundred or three hundred laws or whatever that the Jews mm-hmm. had laid out. He goes on to say, though, yet they still know right from wrong because God has revealed it to them. He has written it on their okay. hearts, and so it's this idea that that everyone with with correct mental faculties are born with this um, innate sense of right and wrong. Not that we couldn't be wrong uh on that or on that intuition, but for the uh-huh. most part, with our correct faculties, there are at least a few big okay. things that 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 God has given us. And see that's one of the things that it, it's a slight rabbit trail, but not too far. That 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 people God says that people are without excuse when they say you know when they when they get when they get to heaven, if if I'm right, and they get to heaven and and they they can't say, God, you never mm-hmm. told me. Well, God will say, you're wrong. I gave you creation. You can look around and you can see what I've created, and I've given you conscience. Mm. I've given you this moral intuition, and you know um, right from wrong. You know when you fall short of this <laughs> moral standard okay. that I've given you. So that's that's what we would say that. People are without excuse, even if they don't have special so, revelations. So, what you're saying is that the Bible God also like
1: that. makes fallacious arguments, apparently, right? So, God is also a horrible apologist. Well, what, <laughs> why? What, what's right? Let's uh, we'll run we'll that get one. to. It. Run we'll run get to. That? It. We'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. So, so, so that's that was kind of your perspective, and mine was mine was a slightly different mm-hmm. take on it. So, I was I was suggesting that uh, you know that our moral so so it kind of boils down to how do we explain the existence of this moral sense. And so the way you were approaching it, it was like kind of a linear, uh, kind of a linear, we have God, and then he uses the moral sense to give us the, you know, so that we to help us to choose our our standard for, for making the judgment and right. so forth. And, and, and this was yes. one of our big confusing points that we were, uh, that we were butting our, our bloody heads uh, against each other on. And and so that so from my perspective, it's not it doesn't come from it. I mean, it, it doesn't all start from the idea of well-being. We have you know there is well-being, therefore we have these feelings, and and that leads us to our mm-hmm. our more our morality, our the way we're defining morality and the way we're justifying our our actions as being either moral or immoral. Um, so, uh, from from my perspective, our moral sense uh, is likely. To have arisen, in fact, we might even say inevitably, via our evolution by natural selection, due to the the reproductive advantage that that uh, w- you know, if if your well being is boosted, then your then your your ability to reproduce successfully and to raise your children to reproductive age and so on. If if your well being is increased, then your ability to do that goes goes up, and so it would seem to mm-hmm. be. Uh, almost like I said, almost inevitable that that kind of thing would happen. so so our moral sense, I'm saying uh, uh, arises out of our um, uh, out of just the the raw facts that some things are helpful to us and some things are harmful to us. Now we can then recognize those facts of reality that they can be detrimental and that they can be helpful to us and so then uh, we can also, In parallel, not in series. So it's a difference between series. I don't know if you you know much about electronics or anything like that, but we have a a series, a circuit that's in a series and a circuit that's in parallel. Okay. Mm -hmm. Circuits that are in series are like the old Christmas tree lights. And that's if, mm-hmm. if one light goes out, the whole one thing, goes thing on, I'll, right? I'll go. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: and so they yeah. finally wised up and now and then they, they made them all in parallel. And so what that means is that each, each one is each bulb is kind of at its own circuit, but what that's. So what I'm saying here is that. Um, what I was using as the source was this idea, these, these facts of reality, that some things are harmful to us and some things that are, are helpful to us. And so our, our, what we're calling our moral sense evolved out of that because simply because uh, those creatures, those uh, animals or those beings or whatever you want to call them, uh, those ancestors of ours that uh, Instinct, because because in in a reproduction in a population, there's going to be some natural variation, and there's going to be some people that are taller, mm-hmm. some people that are shorter, some people that are wider, some people that are narrower, some people that instinctually value well-being, and some people that instinctually don't value well-being, or might even value mm-hmm. harm. And so, uh, and mm-hmm. so, so those populations that value that that happen to be. Uh, valuing well-being more will have a tendency to reproduce more. And so then the next generation, uh, the population will be more likely to value well-being. And so we repeat that, repeat that, repeat that, repeat that. And so eventually we end up with a population that has these instinctive feelings to value well-being. Alongside of that, though, and separate from that would be our ability to reason, right? So we so at, once we got to a point where our our... our our thinking capacity was complex enough and and you know however you want to define consciousness you know once we got to a point where we could reason where we could apply reason to situations where we could imagine hypothetical situations and and predict uh, outcomes and things like that once we got to that point then we could see we could say oh yeah there's uh, if we, if we value well-being then we'll be better off so then so there's the actual mm-hmm. Um, the the nuts and bolts, the practical application of well-being, and that is our this evolved moral sense. I I would suggest that it's evolved, and you would suggest that it was. It, it granted, no, it. No, I think it's
0: evolved. I've, no, I think it's kind of evolved in a sense that um, that 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 we we have been granted more, or or it's epistemological. I don't think that morality has. Changed Like right and wrong, I don't think has changed uh-huh. or evolved, but I think our knowledge of it has, has increased, if that sure, makes sense, where sure. we have gained, gained greater mm-hmm. insights. So I, I still think that, you know, it was always wrong to have slaves. Um, but I think it, it, I would say that there is some I, – I wouldn't necessarily call it an evolutionary process, but I still think there is a process that we have gone through as humans in this revelation process. So I don't necessarily disagree with you Well, in, in well, that. well Like I don't think that God – I don't think that God gave us all these things and we all knew about it all at once uh, all the time if that makes sense. So well, you, I you think did that, say God you,
1: wrote on our hearts. And so that's, that's what I'm talking right. about. I'm talking about that no, type of okay, thing. Yeah, no, and, okay, gotcha, and I got gotcha. I to point out that we don't want to go down. We for don't want to go down the slavery route here. That'll be, that'll totally derail us. And so perhaps we okay, can save right. that for We're some slavery. other time. There are plenty of, there are plenty of <laughs> things that we agree on that, that we could use as examples without having to, you know.
0: Well, we agree on slavery. We agree. We agree, on, we we agree, right, agree that But we wrong. don't
1: agree on what, god is portrayed as 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 having
0: yeah but we're not talking about we're well, not talking about oh, that, that's, uh, the fine, Old Testament that's fine or anything, that's fine right? that's
1: fine that's fine okay, okay. Yeah, okay so gotcha. all right we, 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 we uh like i said that's going to be some a some rabbit room. hole and we're gonna we're gonna have another head-butting okay. session and i'm i you know i right, still okay. have i still have a bloody lip from the last time and so so <laughs> i, I want to make sure that we're careful and that we stay on track here so <laughs> right. um so what i'm saying is that um we can recognize the facts of reality that actions can be detrimental or helpful to the well-being of conscious creatures. And that's going to be our epistemological, our justification there, even though the ontology was entirely different. The ontology was entirely uh, a practical result of these of these facts that we know about, about the reality. And the facts that I'm referring to, I think, are, are not controversial. The facts are that some things are detrimental to our well-being and that some things are okay. harmful or are, are beneficial to our well-being. Those are the facts that I'm sure. talking about. Um, and so uh, so f- from my perspective, both our moral sense and uh, our reasoning about morality as far as how we're defining the term and how we're justifying our actions, both of those derived in parallel from those from those facts. And so what so much of what we were arguing about and, and the reason that I'm I'm harping on this a little bit is because I know that there's going to be people out there that have had the same argument as we have. And, and, yeah. and they're each, and right. they're each going to be walking away from the discussion saying, boy, that person just wasn't getting it. And, and so, and, and that's right. because they, right. they were, they were arguing different things. So you were saying that um, the, you were saying that, um, like I said, yours was in serial. Mine, uh, my approach was in parallel. And so, it, it, so I think much of it boils down to is this role that the moral sense plays. And so if you can show that the moral sense uh, must have come from God, you know, th- then we can use that. Mm-hmm. Then that would right. seem to bolster your case. Right. And so and, right. and so, yep. if we can show that uh, it's not necessary for there to be a God in order for us to have developed this moral sense, then... Mm-hmm. Um that would undermine um, that would undermine the case that you know that that we need God. and so, mm-hmm. um why don't you give me of uh, your your case or your argument on why what kind of argument could you say to 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 convince somebody that um our moral sense must have come from a god?
0: yeah, well i I think that you start with this idea of the evolutionary process um, in that, you know, we have these, um, these intuitions. So if, if we're swimming and we see a child drowning, but we're also struggling a bit ourselves, we have, we have two competing uh, intuitions. One is uh, to save myself, preservation of, of, of of myself, that's a evolutionary instinct. But then there's this other preservation of the mm-hmm. herd, uh, and so you have these, um, uh, I guess, two competing things uh, or intuitions. And the question is, well, which one is right? Um, it, but it seems like if we're using evolution as as this standard, I mean, evolution, we we could have taken a completely different. Course, um, in our
1: evolutionary history, to to, to where, um, so, you, so you're saying it could have been possible that we, we would have that evolution would have led us to go against, well, so that we, we would favor yeah, to, to harmfulness? Is, is that
0: well, yeah, if you look at, like, for instance, look at ant- the animal kingdom, and according to evolution, we're just advanced primates, right? So we have. Certain things within, I mean, whales forcibly copulate, right? That whales rape other whales, but we don't assign moral. We don't say the whale raped the other whale. They just forcibly copulated. We see uh, a baboon, you know, I mean, they they say evolution is red in tooth and claw. So the idea that this survival of the fittest brought about these um, morally true beliefs seems insufficient because it could have been different so why uh, it could uh, it, why do you think it, it, could, it could have, have been, been different sir? W- well th- i think most evolutionary biologists would say that we could have evolved in a, a different fashion that we could have e- either through
1: so so th- so you're you're saying that a, a biologist would say that it's possible that we could be uh, that we could evolve Traits that are actually harmful to our well-being, or uh, that are harmful not, to our reproductive success,
0: not not necessarily. But then also, there are things that are harmful to to our reproductive success that we would say are a good thing that go against our 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 um, moral intuitions. So, like, like what? Would, well, like give me an example. Like instead of saving myself, I am going to mm-hmm. sacrifice myself to save another member of my species. I mean, that goes uh-huh. against the instinct of survival. And um, so that's just, that's oh, just one way that. where it could have been different. I mean, if you, if you talk to an evolutionary biologist, they would say that, yes, we very well could have had a different set of moral beliefs or mm-hmm. moral intuitions based upon the evolutionary process. And so, I mean, for instance, promoting my DNA and, mm-hmm. and it could be the fact that that is the not maybe not the well-being of individual conscious creatures, but the well-being of society as a whole to propagate my DNA. If that is if I have the best DNA and there's other people out there that don't have great DNA, then then that would be um, most beneficial. I mean, we see it in the animal kingdom all the time.
1: So So let's for the sake of argument. Uh, let's assume that we we can show that evolution is false. Okay. What what I what I want to know is, and and this is what I was asking for before is what is your argument that this moral sense came from a god? And so for for the for the sake of of this portion of the argument, mm-hmm. let's assume that we know evolution is not in the picture. Okay. okay? And so Sorry. so. I, I well, I think you'd agree that showing that evolution is false is not something that would impact an argument that something else then is going to have to be true correct unless unless we can show that that's a dichotomy, which right, right. clearly yeah. is not the case here sure so then so so what is your argument so, then that that our moral sense must have come from a god so
0: I think part of I think and maybe this is why we're two ships passing in the night as well. part of my argument for that was showing how evolution may be insufficient at explaining those moral intuitions, if that makes okay, sense. So, so, so like I said, let's, right, let's okay. assume
1: that that's the so, case.
0: Okay. But that, that was, that is one of my arguments, right? That is one of my arguments that it came from something outside of humanity. The, the, the fact that the evolutionary process doesn't right. And, and that's what, that's the tool that you have as a naturalist is evolution.
1: That's by how you explain it, right, right. But I'm I'm, look, I'm I'm looking for an argument that does that doesn't refer to evolution.
0: Okay, but that do you see how that can be? Uh, unless used, you're though? making an
1: argument from incredulity, you know, I can't think of anything else. Now that we don't have evolution, well, I don't have an explanation, so it must be this random collection of words. I don't think is that what no, you're saying?
0: No, but I'm I'm saying that that your explanation. So so if we have two explanations at, at mm-hmm. the moment evolution and God and
1: right. we're
0: able and we're able to show that evolution doesn't suffice mm-hmm. then until we can come up with another alternative that is uh, successful that we'd have to go with the other option that was so elimination. So of, it is an argument
1: no, for incredulity. I, no, can, it, I can't think of anything no, since, since, ev- since I don't have evolution, we can't think of anything better for the time being. So we'll go with what we got here.
0: That that's only part of it, but that's not how I would say it. I would say it is eliminating of competing ideas. Have You've never done that before. Sure. Sure.
1: Yeah. But, okay, but of so course, that's, in not order for th- that's
0: not incredulity. That's not incredulity. But in because- order for
1: that to be an effective argument, you need to mm-hmm. you need to show that these are the only options, right? Uh, if okay. if uh, let, let well, me ask you this, let well, me ask you this. Well, well, let's say on. let's say some police came across a dead body, OK, mm-hmm. and there's a knife in it. And they turn to me and they say, Scott, did you kill this person? And I say, "Uh, no, I was in class. I was I was uh, I was teaching. Here's a video of me there. And so I have my alibi. And then they say, oh, it must have been Jamie then. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think that would be a fair accusation? Well, I think that part of this is
0: it's like a no win for me because you'll always have the out of. Well, it could be something else that we don't know about.
1: Well, we both would have that option.
0: Okay, but so so I'm saying that that is just one argument. The other argument I would make so so one of my arguments is trying to eliminate competing views, mm-hmm. other alternatives. If you have another one, right. right. But, but my, then, but but then, my, okay. my question so you're was for positive. So you're looking for a positive argument, not just a negation of competing ideas, correct? yeah, absolutely. Okay. yep. but I want our audience to understand that, um, that eliminating competing arguments can also be seen as a positive for the the alternative.
1: So only right. if we have a reasonable grasp of all the possibilities. So okay. so that can goes back to Mike what I the question that I asked you was right. if I can show that I was not the murderer, is it fair for the police to arrest you?
0: If I was the only other possible suspect.
1: I, but, say that but, say that again. Say right, that again.
0: If I was the only other possible suspect. But here's the Excellent. thing. Excellent. That's a
1: great can, point. That's but a great I can, point.
0: Right. But what you're failing to understand is I according to you, I could always say, well, there's other people out there. We have no idea they made, and maybe the evidence does point my way i'm not uh-huh. saying it has to be a strict dichotomy i'm just uh-huh. saying this is one of the ways by eliminating if, if if we only if we have someone in my house and they're eating all the cookies right or, uh-huh. or like you said we have a murder right bring your suspect forward now okay. i'll go on to give you a positive reason for believing that our. so the the question is is how do we know our moral intuitions came from God as opposed coming from right. the evolutionary process? So if um, we, if evolution wasn't true, how would we know our moral intuitions came from God? I think that one of the ways we could tell is that we have uh, two people or two people groups um, and we, as, say, Americans in a democracy or a constitutional republic, want to condemn the Nazis for the Holocaust. But uh-huh. I think that if we don't have um, a standard outside of human beings to which to look from, then what we're left with is Nazis uh, saying that they're right. And uh, the the, the Western culture say, no, you're wrong. You shouldn't do that. So you're left with a stalemate because you don't have any standard by which to look from that's within humanity. It's almost like two kids in the schoolyard fighting over the ball or fighting whether or not the person was out of bounds in a sport. Um, uh-huh. I wasn't out of bounds. Yes, you were. You were out of bounds. No, I wasn't. I was out of bounds. Without the teacher being there, someone outside of the students to say, no, 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 Johnny was out of bounds. Then all you have are two people arguing whether or not they're out of bounds. So if we right. don't have a standard outside of humanity, then all we're left with is two
1: subjective opinions. Well, Both someone, of our standards were outside of humanity.
0: Um, no. Uh, because y- yeah, yours is um, the evolutionary. Pro- you don't think the evolutionary process is
1: no. My my standard was an action is moral if it promotes the well being of conscious creatures, and immoral if it right, hinders but- the well being of conscious creatures. So that was my standard. But it
0: but it comes from human beings.
1: No, no. Well, it, no, it doesn't. It comes from, like I said, it comes from the facts of reality that some things are are helpful and some things are harmful.
0: But that standard itself con- will be the
1: well-being of conscious creatures.
0: But well-being of conscious well, creatures well, no, couldn't, there, there's be, well- couldn't be if there weren't conscious creatures. Sure, there could. If there are no conscious creatures, then the well-being of conscious creatures could not be a thing. Why not? Because there are no conscious creatures. N- 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 no standard, but nobody's so, so are, are you saying a that- standard. Are you you saying is is
1: there is there anything in the world? Is there anything in the world that would kill George Washington? Like right now? Yeah. Is there anything in the world that would that would kill George Washington? He's
0: dead. He's dead. So, no.
1: Right. But when he was alive, that when he was alive, it would kill him. Yeah, sure. When he was alive. Right. And so 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 there are things that are lethal that are George Washington lethal. There are things that exist today mm-hmm. that are George Washington lethal. In other words, they're they're gonna kill George Washington if it happens to him. Right. And so mm-hmm. that so that's that's the same thing. So there are things even if even if everybody died today, even if all conscious creatures in the universe died today and mm-hmm. tomorrow there was no conscious there would still be things that were lethal to conscious creatures that were harmful to conscious creatures but it was the, the fact that they're not actually harming conscious creatures at the moment doesn't the, mean that they're the, not harmful to conscious creatures but where
0: did that standard come where did the well-being standard come from except for mean?
1: conscious creatures well th- there it would take conscious creatures to talk about it well is that what you mean
0: well i mean it would if there were no conscious creatures then that standard would have never been the case because there were no conscious creatures. I'm saying- Well,
1: there still would be things that would kill conscious creatures or be harmful or or beneficial and that kind of thing.
0: Uh, Okay.
1: Cyanide is going to be harmful to carbon-based creatures, whether or not there are any carbon-based creatures.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm still failing to see how, and and again, maybe we're talking past each other, but I, I still think you need something outside of humanity to determine whether or not- um, you know this is is objectively right or wrong, and you're saying if we eliminate evolution from the the table then so if if
1: that's the case, then I'm the only one who has the objective standard. Yours is based off of some other being. yours is based off the perspective of God. mine is not based off of anybody's perspective, but mine it pers- doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether God I, is there or not my pl- mine's still a plot you know right. mine is still a thing. But I said,
0: but I I'm saying that my my standard God is the ruler,
1: right? And I'm it, saying that my standard is the ruler also. And so it, we, so what we're that's what we're comparing is whose ruler seems to match better with with you know what we're doing here, what okay. we're talking about.
0: So, but you you so you, but it it seems unfair for you to eliminate your. Um, the, the, you, you say, well, you, you can't use the evolutionary process in in explaining why mine doesn't work or why yours is better. Again, and I think it's a competing no. of. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm saying that eliminating one option doesn't mm-hmm. make another option more likely unless you can unless you have a grasp. Well, if it's of the how only many, other, how many other? If but we don't know if it's the only other option. A, that's my point.
0: Well, but again, you could always say that. I feel like that's and your And same. you could always say it too. It's but just how? that I don't make that argument. How would, I, how would I say that? What do you mean? I, I don't understand. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, uh,
1: what do you mean? How could I make that same argument? Well, when I say something, you say, yeah, but it could be something else that we don't know about. I'm saying it I might say n- that
0: in jest. Ge- I usually, I almost always say that in jest. Like I'm teasing
1: you. I'm making fun of you. I know, up. but right. you're, you're criticized. You're saying that. Oh, I always have the option of saying that. I'm saying. So do you? And so it's no, just but that I, I I've never used. Make, I never used that. I I have that's never because you don't make arguments that are vulnerable to that. The I, fact I, that the fact that you choose to make arguments that are vulnerable to that. The fact that you try to say, you know, that it's a zero same zero sum game when you don't know all the players in the game. You only know two of the of the potentially infinitely number of players. Well, but Wouldn't
0: that be difficult
1: to do anything
0: or to come up with any conclusions because it could if always you want be to use else. only that
1: approach. Yeah. It then, could then, so it so always that's always be it, something else. It could always be. It, this, that's why oh. it's silly to use the process of elimination unless you have a good grasp of all the players unless well, but, you, but, unless but, you have but, reason to believe that it's either evolution or god unless right. you unless you can reasonably narrow it down to just those two options but that seems then,
0: but doesn't that seem perfectly appropriate Do, here's the thing i think there's a difference between
1: well that's that's
0: what that's on, what makes it an argument from
1: incredulity that's no, what no. Makes, you're you're, assu- you're making an assumption that these are the two major players okay, when we really yeah. have no idea if they are we don't. So, so, yeah, we have so, no idea. Yeah. Now
0: that's now that's just not true. When you read the scholarly literature, now listen. Let let me give a distinction. Okay. This is what where we might be talking past each other in a way. Okay. Now, because you're saying that oh there could always be something else out there, right? And I say yeah there could be. Okay. However, I what I'm saying is is when you go back and you read the literature when you talk to atheist naturalistic ethicists and, and moral scholars, they will tell you there are two main competing factors when it comes to grounding morality. Two candidates. Yeah. Two candidates. Right. So, right. Yeah. That's what they'll say. And so that's right. that's what I'm going off of. You could always say, well, there could be something else, but I think until yeah, you- Yeah, that's make, why no it's wait. a bad
1: idea to use no. that kind of argument. No, because you be- can, because you can if say there, that there's there anything. there could be- a no, you can't say that with yes, anything. You can. Yes, you can. What if the what if the two options that I came up with were evolution or not evolution? It could be something else that we don't know about. Yep. Wait. Listen. So yes. well, hold on. Hold on. I just said evolution or not evolution. And you right. said could there's a third else. option.
0: It'd be something else that we can't think really? of. Just because you can't think of it doesn't mean it can't be the case.
1: So you're denying. But no basic I would logic yet again. Never deny basic logic. What I'm you saying just did. that I said either A or not A, right. and you said there was a third option. What's no, the third option? I'm not
0: saying there's a third option. I think you said there could be a third option. Listen to me, Scott. I'm saying <laughs> it's ridiculous to think there's a third option. But I, I'm saying that when we're when you and I want to talk about hmm. these things, like like. Listen, we can cut all this out if you want. I'm just being straight up honest with you, right? Okay. It, you, are you looking for the truth? That might be a really stupid question. Definitely. I hope, I Definitely. hope, you, don't, I hope yeah. you don't feel like we. it might be good to take a five-minute timeout. I don't know. I, I don't want you to feel like, but what I'm saying is, I think you and I both know there are only two competing, real competing factors here. And until someone could come up with some viable third option, I think we are justified in saying, okay, we have these two competing views. If Mm -hmm. you have another candidate, bring it forward. Until then, we're going to stick with these two views and see which one is the best.
1: Okay. And I'm saying that thing that you just described, that's the argument from incredulity. I know you don't think it is. (sighs) Yeah, I don't. but 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 that's my perspective. OK, OK, that, that right. what you just said is the argument. For, I can't think of a third option. So would I would have say, to so it has to be one of these two.
0: I would say that it would it it might be uh, incredulity because incredulity has a lot to do with too with just not accepting. I, well, I just I, I can't see it that way. Right. A lot of a lot of times that's how it's defined as I just mm-hmm. I just can't see it in that way or see it in that sense. Right. I, OK. So I, I'm saying that that if. It would be reasonable to only weigh these two options, or it would be unreasonable to only weigh two options if there was a conceivable third option. And I'm saying just because I I don't know how, unless it's like you gave that direct contradiction. So are you saying unless it's a direct contradiction, there isn't any way of eliminating alternatives to get down to, to get down to, uh, you, you, that's not a good process of
1: trying to find truth unless it's a direct contradiction. No, that's not at all what I said. I never well, said you that. Well, gave,
0: you gave your I gave example. You as, gave.
1: I gave that as an extreme example, Is and you there, still said that there was a third no, option. No,
0: I didn't say there was, I when I was saying you that. You said that we have no way to knowing
1: there's not a third option.
0: I was saying that in jest. I wasn't. I don't really believe that, Scott. I was I was kind of again saying it in jest. So my question is outside of a direct contradiction, uh-huh. are we are we is it fair for us to eliminate competing views or try uh-huh. to eliminate competing views to narrow down um truth? Is is that fair to do that? Well, when it's depends it, on the it, situation. Uh, okay. okay, so if it's not a direct contradiction, can you give me an example of when it would be fair to eliminate competing views to narrow down to find truth?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, um, Let's say, for example, that this this murder that we're talking about that you and I are suspects for Mm -hmm. uh, took place in, um, you know, maybe we were. Uh, you invited me to a lock-in or something at your church. You know they still do those things, those lock-ins. Yeah. Where, oh, they, yeah. okay, okay. So let's say, so we were locked in the church with eight other people. There was ten of us, right? Mm-hmm. So in in those cases, let's say we could eliminate uh, five of them because they were too short, and two of them for whatever reason. There's like three or four of us left, right? So in that case, if you if you can eliminate me, then Then the chances that it was you go up because we have a, like I said before, we have a reasonable grasp of all of the options. Now, it could have been somebody that broke in, but we have to to adjust our, you know, what our expectations are for what is reasonable.
0: Okay, and so again, so I would say if if we want to compare the two Mm -hmm. and use that analogy, I I would say that we do have a pretty good grasp on, I mean, we have at least, at least since Plato, I mean, we have at least several thousand years uh-huh. Of people, not just pontificating, but writing down their thoughts on this moral argument, okay. and so
1: and so far, <laughs> we have basically two competing views. So then, what is the justification that it has to be one of these two? What 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 is that? So when well, I when I gave the example right. of the lock in, right. I, I described the scenario, right? I gave relevant mm-hmm. uh, information. So how can we narrow it down to those two options?
0: Well, I think when you read the literature, that's that's what the okay. That's well, what, what does
1: the literature say? What well, is the argument? Well, the literature
0: says that we have two main. We have it can either come from humanity or it can come outside of humanity. Those are so our moral sense. That certain mm-hmm. things are right or wrong could either come from um, this evolutionary process of reason and herd, herd morality, or uh-huh. it can come from some somewhere outside of humanity. So it is almost a dichotomy in that way, is that we
1: have those two... Um, those it's either well, you, from within was, humanity your, or from outside humanity. But that, that was your con no, well, we're not talking about from inside humanity and from outside humanity. There might be other things that are inside humanity and there might be other things outside of humanity, even though my standard is clearly outside of humanity. And your and you know, your your standard is well, if we count we wouldn't count God inside of humanity, but God is still a being with its own perspective. And so What's the, you know, so you, you're basically repeating your conclusion saying, well, it has to be one of these two. What I'm asking is, why does it have to be one of those two, evolution or God? Why, why, why is it reasonable to narrow it down to those two?
0: I think it's reasonable because we haven't, we, we haven't, had, we don't have a third option. No no one in two thousand years. No, that's
1: the the fact that we don't have a third option. That's your conclusion. What I'm asking is, what what's the reasoning behind coming to the conclusion that we don't have a third option?
0: Well, I'm not. We. I mean, we're not going. We don't have time to go through two thousand years worth of worth of thought
1: on. Well, then just give me the, you know, give me the, the, the summary then. No, that's
0: not my job to, to, to narrow down between evolution and God. You and I have already done that, that that's what God or not. That's what our podcast is. We are comparing worldviews. Does Uh your worldview give a better understanding of our moral intuitions, or does my worldview give us a better standard? There. Could be a third one somewhere if they want to come on to our podcast. We'll call it the God or not or whatever they want to call it to podcast. And then mm-hmm. they could throw their hat in the ring and we could decide of the two or of the three at that point, which one makes better sense of our moral intuitions. OK,
1: so um let, let's move on. I, okay. I don't I don't feel the need to press that anymore. I I think. uh I think my point was made in spades there, of course, and I will acknowledge that you don't agree with right, me on yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Right. Right. Okay. So let's, let's look at. Uh, hey, can I point this out though? Yeah.
0: That was a f- terrific pivot. Again, we could cut this if you want. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I really think that was a terrific pivot. That was a, I think that was the perfect time. Like, okay, we're, we're, we're not making any progress. Okay. Okay. This, I think, I just want you to know. I thought well, we we that do learn. Really we good.
1: do learn over time. You know, we we learn what's going to work and what's not going to work. Right. Right. We right.
0: evolve and we get smarter, <laughs> right? right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. I, so I so just let's, wanted let's,
0: you to know that I thought that was
1: really good because I all right. I, 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 was I appreciate that. I appreciate you recognizing that. I, I thank you, Jamie, for doing that. Um, okay. So let's look at something that our that our viewpoints disagree on. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, the idea of, for example, like same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. okay? And so homosexuality from the Christian perspective is an abomination. And and I'm, I'm not talking about the distinction between homosexual feelings and homosexual acts, okay? okay. Yep. And then so, so, but homosexuality is viewed as an abomination and, and et cetera, et cetera, from the Christian perspective. Would you agree with that or are you going to, or are you pushing back on that?
0: No. Um- well, again, there. I think you brought up the distinction, the the, the Christian. What has been? So, let, so let's so about- let's say
1: homosexual acts. Then we're talking right. about right. two yep. men having sex. Right. It, okay. It's, yeah. It's yeah for Christians. Uh, well, it's an it's just an abomination. Yes, you're right. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so, um, and so from from my perspective, that's not in it. From my from Scott morality. Hmm. You know, that's not an issue. That's not that's not an immoral act. In okay. fact, in fact, uh, preventing people from, you know, following their heart and that kind of thing can be can be harmful to them. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would even argue that, for example, banning uh, gay marriage or something like that would actually be immoral. Mm-hmm. OK, so so we clearly disagree on that. Now, mm-hmm. if so, how does our natural instincts, how does our moral sense Apply to that because we don't have an, any natural moral sense against homosexuality. You know, re- research after research after research shows that that is you know our uh, our negative reactions to something like you know if somebody's like watching two men kissing or something like that, and if the, if there's like a some kind of repulsive uh, mm-hmm. you know negative negative reaction, we know that those things are actually not inborn and that not written on our hearts, quote unquote. But in fact, learned you think the behavior. It's, you think lear- it's learned behavior.
0: So you think that's that's would be natural?
1: A homosexual act is considered like natural within the evolutionary process? No, I'm we're talking about morality here. We're talking about morality here. And so and so I'm saying according right. to Scott morality, it's okay Which is the evolutionary according, process. According Scott morality says, and I'll say it again, an action is moral if it promotes the well-being of conscious creatures and it's immoral if it hinders the well-being of conscious creatures. So, we're comparing our our definitions of morality to so you made a strong tie to this moral sense. Now, we we can show, I mean, research has shown that our moral sense does not push us away from homosexuality. You know, that's a learned that's a learned reaction, a learned response. So, how does that jive with with what you're talking about, or a jibe, I should say. Jibe. Is it jibe? Jibe. G J I B E means to no, like.
0: Are you serious? Have I been ji- saying yeah. it wrong for forty four years? <laughs> I,
1: I don't. I don't know. I don't recall. What? I, I don't recall you saying that. If something jibes, that means it like goes <sighs> along with it, or right? It is, of course, is I know. With it.
0: context clues, baby. Like I figured, but I I always thought it was well, Wow. All right. Learning something every day. All right, there you go. Learning. It. All right. Um. Well, yeah. I never said that all our moral intuitions, um, line up perfectly with God's perfect nature. As a matter of fact, there's a lot that don't. Um, there's a lot. For instance, um, there are certain things that God, uh, not just homosexual acts, but any uh-huh. any sexual acts outside, um, the covenant between a man and a woman. Uh And the bond of marriage is considered morally wrong, Uh, um, and so obviously we all have a strong sexual desire or push, Uh not necessarily to be monogamous. Um, And so, I mean that that's just part of our human nature. So we'd also say that that's an obviously I tied in the um, the sense or the moral sense as you call it, with our epistemology, the way we know certain mm-hmm. things. So – and I, I've been pretty open about the fact that there are – there's a lot of gray area. But if we could – my push has always been that if we could find at least one example
2: mm-hmm. that
0: is – that that is seems to be um, um, universal in that sense that, that we could be able to make our case. So I would say that the fall of humanity is um, – into sin and rebelling against God has also corrupted to some extent. Uh, You know, our desire is now, I mean, because that would be God taking away free freedom of the will in in my worldview. Right. So our, our sense of certain things.
1: Okay. So recording again. So sorry, we just had a minor technical glitch. And uh, it's, all so Jamie- it's all Scott's fault, right? It's all, of course, it's my, my fault. fault. <laughs> Damn heathens. Okay. So, uh, so what were you saying? I'm sorry yeah, about that interruption. So,
0: all of our feelings aren't necessarily tied in with this innate sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we can always think of certain things that aren't, you know, not just homosexual acts, but any acts outside of the act, you know, between a man and a woman in marriage. Mm-hmm. And that goes against some of our nature. Like it's not in our nature necessarily to be monogamous, um, especially men have strong sex drives. So, mm-hmm. um, so we see I know a lot of
1: women that would disagree with you there.
0: What they have strong, they have strong sex drives too. That, they
1: would, yeah. that well, I, I mean, would say that fair. women have just as strong a sex drive as men.
0: Oh, well, they might. Yeah. They, 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 maybe. Um, I just said men because I'm a man.
1: <laughs> we we if, can cut this. I said, we can cut this part out, but that might not say much about your relationship with your with the misses there. What, what, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if you think that women don't have any sex drive. <laughs>
0: no, I'm not saying they don't have any at all. You know, I know, I know, like, I, know okay. I know. I was making
1: a joke. I was You're making a of joke. My chops. All right. Yeah, um, I am.
0: Yeah. So uh, okay. So I wouldn't say that all of our intuitions are moral or are correct. And I think that that can have to do with a lot of things, but I think that's epistemological, not ontological. Does that make sense? Well, I mean,
1: if, if, I mean, we, if we can show that uh, that there's some advantage to having uh, people that fill uh, different sexual roles that fill different roles in the family, we know that sexual activity isn't uh, you know, isn't just for uh, reproduction, that it also promotes, uh, closeness and emotional closeness and, 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 uh, bonds between, uh, animals and that kind of thing. And so there is, so there, so if we look at it from the perspective of evolution, we can see that, yeah, it would make sense for there to be a variety of, of approaches and, and roles and, uh, uh, uh perceptions and preferences and that kind of thing, you know, that kind of thing would, it, it seems that it would fit right well in with, uh, with, with my approach, but it's, it's butting heads with yours. Is that so, so are you, you're then now abandoning the, uh, we should use our moral intuition and a moral sense as a guide? No, I'm just saying that we can't always know. So how, do we, how, do we tell, how do we tell when we should follow our, well, I think there's a few things, things and when we shouldn't,
0: I think there's a few things that we, both you and I probably could agree on. Right. And I, and I've always said that if we could find just one, I think mm-hmm. that helps my case. And so I think that you and I would both agree that uh, there is this universal sense that it's wrong to torture a baby for fun. And okay. I, don't, I don't think I need to provide any more than just the
1: one. If there well, is. Why, why do you think that would be more in line with your? Because it would make sense for, for us to feel the same way. I mean, are you and me have an evolutionary history that's ninety-nine point nine 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 percent identical?
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: maybe you know, maybe a couple dozen generations separate us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so and so how does how does our agreement on one thing that is, you know, we would both call this bad under both of our definitions? Right. How does how does the existence of one piece of overlapping evidence Push toward you know if it, if it well because
0: it's, I, I like I've mentioned in the past I think because I think that tips the scale in my direction because yeah, why? well right right and I I've said and I, and I think I don't, I don't know if we're gonna butt heads on this or not but my the thought process behind that is is that if somebody comes along that decides they don't want to they don't care about well being I think I can still claim that they're wrong. But I don't think that right. if 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 all we have is this this
1: Jamie standard. Wrong, you mean, right? You're talking about Jamie. Yeah, right. You can still claim that they're Jamie wrong, right? Okay. I and, still, and I can likewise I can claim that they're Scott wrong also. No,
0: but I but I think that um that there's this that the Jamie wrong is the overarching wrong. That there is something outside of humanity that Can't be determined by humans. If all you have are two humans arguing over something, then Uh it's just someone's subjective opinion against someone else's subjective opinion. So if if there really is this thing outside of human uh beings that is the standard, then then I can call condone something as... But
1: that's what we're talking about. We're talking about two standards outside of human beings. Uh, I I don't
0: think your standard is. I think your standard is not. I mean,
1: we could gather everybody up and we'll say, yeah, cutting off a hand is good for our well-being. You know, the fact that we all agree, that's not what's what's the driving force here. We can objectively show that chopping (laughs) off your hand does harm your well-being.
0: But choosing well-being as the standard is... Within humanity,
1: right? Just like choosing God as the standard, no, that, I don't think that, no. That would God also, is, would also be within humanity. Then God if, is outside if, of humanity, though. Just well-being, like well-being is outside of humanity.
0: Well-being is not outside of humanity. Yeah, that, we, well-being is just your say, standard. Well-being we, of we human can't, conscious creatures. We can't
1: just all agree that something is not harmful, and that doesn't make it not harmful. And so the stand that I mean, it's not a matter There's of opinion. There. If there's something that's demonstrably well, but, harmful to the well-being of a, of a creature, we can't just say, "Well, let's all just say it's good."
0: No, but the, but well-being as that standard
1: is right, just like opinion. choosing God as the standard. That's also the opinion, right? It's the same thing, right? and so we you can't say uh, one or the other because we're both we're both choosing what standard we're applying.
0: Yeah, but is there? But the, the whole question, though, is there a standard that is separate from
1: anything that? That we that we believe or that we have devised. Both of those standards are separate. It doesn't matter if, if we yeah. we could have never had this discussion. It, it could be that <sighs> nobody ever uttered a word about well being. It would still be functioning. It would still happen. There would yeah, still but we be have things. Chosen,
0: that, but we have chosen that. Uh, you have chosen that standard. The question right. is: is what Just best, like you've chosen your the, standard. But the best. The question is: is what best describes? In lines up with reality. Uh,
1: right. Well, what, w- with what reality though? Are we, we're aligning with our emotion, with our moral sense, because we've seen examples where the, our moral sense aligns more with, with well, no, what morality. Really,
0: what really is the case when I say reality, I mean, what is separate from anyone's opinion? What really is the case? Uh, right. Right. Yeah. So, That's,
1: right. We're both talking about that. So,
0: I you know, mean, again, things I really things past.
1: really do cause harm and f- things really do provide benefit
0: right I don't disagree with that but yeah.
1: that is the the chosen that's my uh, chosen standard yeah and God and using God is your chosen yeah. standard
0: yeah I don't I don't think we're again I think we're
1: talking past each other well what what are what are we missing I, on this? so you're uh, saying that there's some other thing out there what so what is that other no i'm not how, sure how could you define morality different then I'm not, so we, I'm we've not talked sure about how else to jamie morality it. scott morality we've talked about our moral sense yeah, um that, i'm not sure, I'm not how how sure what it is it. you're saying
0: yeah i'm not sure how else to explain it
1: okay like, well th- then yeah. maybe we should wrap it up here
0: sounds good to me yeah
1: Oh, yeah, so I'll I'll give you the last word. What's your what's your last word there?
0: I, I don't have, I don't have the last word on what like
1: what? Oh, so I, I don't know. Just to wrap up the discussion.
0: Oh, okay. So uh, okay. So basically, what we've had is we've had uh, this is our third or fourth take on morality, and uh-huh. we have been comparing um, this idea of Scott's mor- Scott morality and Jamie morality. And Scott morality is the well-being of conscious creatures, and Jamie morality is. God's nature and which best describes what really is the case, or, um, and also what best explains those, uh, moral intuitions that we have. And there you have it. Okay. Well, Scott, I hope that you have learned something from <laughs>
1: morality again. I oh, hope you that- know what? You know what? I have <laughs> learned many things, and, you know, I just don't think they're the things that you were hoping I would right. learn. Right.
0: Probably not. But, you know, I always, um, I always think that it's neat that uh, after so many discussions that we've had, mm-hmm. we're able to still kind of draw something unique um, out of, you know, out of the right, same right. topic, even though we're talking about the same thing, you know, we're right. drawing different distinctions from, um, from morality. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. we had this talk.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, morality is something that kind of touches everybody's lives on on a daily basis, and you know, long term and short term. And so, I think it's 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 interesting subject. Yep, it's an interesting subject to talk about, and um, it's interesting if you find somebody that is as patient can put up with your crap. Put up with your crap, right? Long enough (laughs) to have some, because you know, sometimes. yeah, sometimes we're spinning our wheels and, and maybe wasting our time, but, but once in a while, once in a while, you uncover a little nugget maybe that you didn't learn or at the very least know a little bit more about well, how and you know, somebody I, else approaches the problem. And so, I would
0: argue that it takes the the time spinning your wheels in, in order for you to pull out those nuggets.
1: Right, I right. I think those
0: were necessary. Like yeah. all of those times where we went off, down some rabbit hole like we're doing right now, all those times that we go off down the road and feel like we end up at a dead end again and again and again. I think it, it, it had to, you know, we had to go through those things in order to come out with any of the good that we have during our discussions.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, right. just keeping the conversation going, I think is definitely the key there.
0: All right. And that about wraps it up. For episode number 22, please send us your ideas, questions, and comments to email at podcast.com. If you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode,
1: Scott, what do you recommend? I recommend a book called The Mind's Eye, uh, Fantasies and Reflections on Self and Soul, and it's by a couple of cognitive scientists, Douglas R. Hofstetter and Daniel Dennett. And uh, this is a book that I bought, I don't know, it's got to be at least 20 years ago. And it, it's super interesting. Basically, well, here, I'll give you the one sentence blurb on the back, and then I'll kind of tell a little bit more about my experience. It says, the mind's eye pursues the meaning of self and consciousness through the perspectives of literature, artificial intelligence, psychology, and other disciplines. And basically what the book is, is a, it's a collection of articles and short essays related to consciousness and one's perception of self and that kind of thing. And so, uh, it's super interesting. And in fact, when I bought it, uh, I I read it and I loaned it to a friend and then forgot I loaned it out. So then I bought it again. So any, any book that you're willing to buy again, it's gotta be um, a good one. It's gotta be a good one. So that was the mind's eye fantasies of reflections on self and soul by Hofstetter and Dennett. All right. Very what about you? Good. What about you? What do you recommend?
0: I, I recommend it. I don't know that I've recommended this book yet, and I probably should have uh, in the, the three or four years we've been doing this. But I recommend the Bible by God. <laughs> uh, uh, Ghost actually, written. Ghost yeah. written, right? <laughs> actually, I do. Uh, that is that's that is my recommendation for, for this one is um, the Bible. We had that. 30-day challenge, and I think that would be, um, I think it would be good for someone to start. And if you're going to start reading and you've never read the Bible before, probably don't start at the beginning, right? Like starting in in what we call the New Testament, which about halfway through with the book of Matthew, that's probably the best place for uh, someone new to start. So that is the Bible by God. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and Jamie going way out on a limb here with his book recommendation today
0: <laughs> That's right. uh, thanks for joining us and we hope you'll be back with us next time until then this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other
2: see ya this has been the God or Not Podcast send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.